But, it's like the Father's Day of big city mayor movies. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it is. It kind of is. Welcome to Sincast, presented by CinemaSins. This episode of Sincast is brought to you by Mubi. Mubi is a movie streaming service with one goal, introduce you to great cinema. They offer a hand-picked selection of the best films from all over the world. Mubi's experts introduce a new film that they love every single day, and every movie stays on the platform for a full month. And this month is Horrific October, featuring iconic films from Michael Mann, Cronenberg, Romero, and many more. All right, everybody, welcome to the Sincast. This is Chris Atkinson from CinemaSins, joined as always by the voice of CinemaSins, Jeremy Scott. I was a little early there. I was a little, jumped the gun. I was a little I'll too just, excited. I'll just introduce you as the voice. <laughs> the voice. Yo, I and couldn't stop. joined as always by the voice. Hello. <laughs> and for music video sins, Barrett Share. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yes. Uh, so, so standing in for uh, Barrett Share today is uh, Henry Winkler. Uh, I didn't even do the thumbs. I did the fingers. Yeah, yeah you did it wrong. Uh, I wasn't really a big Happy Days fan when I was. I, well, I was. There was only so many clean shows that were available. That was one of them. That was a pretty clean show, wasn't it? Pretty clean. For, I mean, for a guy that was basically involved in a motorcycle gang. Um, yeah, it was about as clean as. But he got he laid all the time right he got implicated implied laid yes he he's got, always like walking out with two women out of uh, yes. out of the, the restaurant oh, yes yeah, yeah. He, he definitely had diseases he's <laughs> like well he's a threesome king mm-hmm. yeah he had to get all new clothes he had to get orgy clothes <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> grow a mustache and get weird old lady <laughs> and and how much tail did he get when he jumped the shark <laughs> yes exactly <laughs> so um but uh today we're gonna be uh doing part two of new york on our road trip road trip on the road again the most time-honored tradition of all the road trip oh the places you'll go are we there yet no are we there yet no are we there yet no and uh despite the fact that i said hey we're not done with this still had people like you missed this and you missed that and you missed this i know yes. and you know what we're gonna do part two today and we're still going to miss things yeah. I've, I've listen we've we put a lot of stuff in here there's a lot to cover. Yeah, before we go through the alphanumeric list, let's just go ahead and do Scorsese, right? Sure. Uh, we can talk about Goodfellas. Yeah. Goodfellas is a big New York movie. It goes throughout a lot of New York, too. The Latanza Heist is Queens. I think a lot of the like the Cabana stuff is in Manhattan. Mm-hmm. It's all through New York and everything. A very New York movie. Um, and Goodfellas is still probably, what, in at least the top ten of all time? It is. You know what's shocking about Goodfellas, and it still is shocking, is that you go through all the stuff about uh, Ray Liotta's character, Henry Hill, getting getting made and, and getting all the perks. And you, you have this rise, and it really doesn't turn until the Shinebox scene, mm-hmm. right? Like, like everything's on the ascent. There's, there's some crimes, and there's some blood and stuff like that. But until Pesci's character takes that dude out, mm-hmm. like... Then shit gets real. Yeah. You know? And you uh... see the depth of the depravity of these guys because he goes to his mom's place and they fucking sit down for uh, for dinner and all that stuff. And she's privy to all of his crazy, I got a new girl every night, man. You know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's fucked up. I watched Goodfellas again probably a week ago. Mm -hmm. I hadn't seen it in a couple years. And uh, I forgot all about 
Samuel L. Jackson and Debbie Mazar. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and as I watched that walking into the club through the back door, through the kitchen scene, having now been informed by the trivia knowledge that he wasn't allowed to use the main entrance and that's why he shot this scene. It's still a fantastic sh- mm-hmm. shot. It's one of the best one shot tracking shots ever. And I get why it would be cool for a gangster to show off to his girlfriend that he can go in the back entrance. Yeah. That being said, that is one of the most convoluted, unnecessarily long ways to get into that building mm-hmm. that I can possibly <laughs> imagine. Yeah. There's even a point in the kitchen where he goes left, and I swear to God, he goes 100 yards out of his way, only to end up maybe five feet from where he had turned left. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, it's an awesome scene. But yeah, I was like, I was like, man, if I was a gangster, I'd just go in the front door. I want people to see me. I'd be at my table like 30 seconds ago. But you're yeah. like going through you just the go, fucking you just catacombs. Cut, you just cut the line and say, hey, I'm here. And yeah, then they just exactly. give you the table and everything. But yeah, Goodfellas is just, uh, just. I mean, it's one of those movies just completely excellent in every way. Don't think there's any parts of it that drag or suck mm. or anything. It's just, it's so good. Mm-hmm. And then, um, and then you have some other, you know, uh, Scorsese uh, started all this with Mean Streets and Taxi Driver. Mm. I've never seen Mean Streets. What is the the deal with Mean Streets? Okay, I've seen Mean Streets maybe twice, both mm. times long ago. Mm-hmm. Uh. And it's just about this up and coming terrible gang of of guys who are who are trying to make uh, make it in you know as as their as small time hoods or whatever. But it's worth seeing. It's De Niro. It's Harry Keitel. I think I can't remember who else is in this, but uh, but uh, De Niro's a huge fuck up in the movie. Mm. Um, but yes, it is worth it is worth watching. It's very good. Uh, it's just that if you're used to the super excellence of something like Goodfellas, and then you go back and watch Mean Streets, you're gonna be like, "That was good." It's not nearly as good as Goodfellas, right, right, and so yeah. you gotta watch it on the terms that it came out in 1973, and this is before Scorsese was really at the height. It's really fascinating to me how tied uh, he and De Niro's careers are together because Mean Streets, Taxi Driver, this is when De Niro's starting out. Mm-hmm. And this is when Scorsese's starting out. Mm-hmm. And they've made a ton of movies together, and I can't help but feel like they probably, first of all, have a really good friendship and enjoy working together, but they probably both feel they owe each other some measure of the success they have. Sure. Since the, the, that string of hits they made together in the 70s and 80s is kind of why they're both De Niro and Scorsese, right? Mm-hmm. I yeah, I just think that's it. There was I can't remember what uh, Phil Spector song they use at the beginning of Mean Streets, but they they discuss this in uh, that Phil Spector documentary that came out oh, a few okay. years ago. That uh, Scorsese used the song that and without permission, and <laughs> and uh, and like I, apparently they got away with it. Nobody sued them huh. or anything, and. Uh, and uh phil specter said that man he's lost millions uh by you know not having that you know hmm. uh you know have have some sort of agreement with that thing and i can't remember what the song is it might be uh, i can't remember what it is but whatever it was it was something that was, it was a huge song uh taxi driver is just new york as hell man like this is this is the 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 new york that we're seeing in the deuce right now those <laughs> that that you know the and you can see a guy who's just like you know he, he doesn't like the the vermin the filth the everything that's going on everywhere he he drives and he sees all this you know this stuff what an interesting i this movie is polarizing for a lot of people well it's it's a weird parallel but it's an obvious parallel you remember when Observe and Report came out mm-hmm. a few years yeah. ago with uh, 
with Seth Rogen essentially playing the Travis Bickle mm-hmm. character in more of a comedic environment, uh, you know, just kind of juxtaposed into a different environment. That was also very uh, polarizing because mm-hmm. people didn't get it. And this is like, and Travis Bickle is like the ultimate anti-hero. Yeah. You, well, don't, you don't want to cheer for him at That's all. the thing, though, is he he will, in one moment, want to assassinate uh, a political, uh, a politician who's running for president. Mm-hmm. And then in the complete about face, go and kill a whole bunch of gangsters to yeah. save a prostitute. Yep. Yeah. You know, and and uh, it's why that, that ending is so brilliant where Sybil Shepard gets in the back of his car and they have this sort of like, you know, like, you know, I, you know, she's realizes he's a hero, sees him only as a hero mm-hmm. at this point. But there's that she gets out of the car and there's that that little stinger from uh, it's that Bernard Herman scores last score Bernard Herman ever did. Mm. Oh, wow. Um, where it's he's he looks in the mirror, his rearview mirror, and it's like, Yeek! like that. Ah. There's still something fucked up about him. Oh, yeah. sure. Yeah. Despite the fact that he is now considered this hero for mm-hmm. doing all this stuff. You could also uh, really you could also debate whether or not that whole thing is heroic. Mm. Just killing a whole bunch of people indiscriminately. Yeah. Sure. They're, yeah. They're. They know that they're gangsters, but they're not. They've never been put on trial or mm-hmm. anything like that. Can they even put that on in perspective? But yeah, he, the guy is socially like he's missing a lot. He ain't right. Yeah, yeah. And it's like it. You know, again, he, he goes into that. Uh, he goes into that headquarters and asks Sybil Shepherd out right away. Yeah, and he's charming and he's yeah. all this type of thing. And then he takes her to a porno movie <laughs> yeah. theater. He just has no clue. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I like, like these movies. Yeah, I, I like. I don't know a lot about movies, but uh, <laughs> you know, th- th- this not so bad. <laughs> and it was like some like because I think the this is something the Deuce sort of uh, uh, touched on was that like back in the day that you could do pornographic material as long as it's documentary type stuff <laughs> and so like they were watching some johnson and johnson thing there's like all this orgy going on and everything he's like you know taking me into a theater like that is is a tantamount to saying let's fuck yes you know and uh but yeah um i love taxi driver it is uh it is one of those hard movies to you know like if you're not you have to really be ready for mm-hmm. a movie like that and if you're like you know you're not gonna have a sunny day yes watching. Yeah. paul schrader script too yeah. anytime you see paul schrader on a movie you know you're about to see some shit <laughs> um what else uh what else do we know from scorsese that's real new york like uh, obviously like let's see well, what gangs are, of new york gangs of new york is one yeah Ooh, it's right there in the title you like mm-hmm. this movie not really what i th- what i think you might remember me saying is i like bill the butcher more than the phantom thread character mm-hmm. or i can relate to him more but no um i don't i'm gonna put it on cameron diaz I don't know that we need to blame any one person. Um, That's yeah, I could see that. But I'm not buying her. I have much of it. I have a weird sort of relationship with this movie because uh, this came out in an era where Scorsese was making movies that seemed like he was really going for that Oscar. Mm -hmm. We've talked about this before because he did that. He did The Aviator. uh, A lot of these movies that were just not really up to snuff on him. This was also coming at a point where DiCaprio was sort of transitioning from his titanic days mm-hmm. and he was he was you know a team beat guy and, um because he was supposed to come out with i think catch me if you can came out the same year oh wow uh so uh, catch me if you can was supposed to come out 2002 um one of the one of the other was supposed to come out before but like 
I had a hard time buying DiCaprio as this dirty, yeah. you know, I, I couldn't. <laughs> he had that wispy ass facial hair that's trying to like scuzz yeah. himself up. Yeah. I had never seen him branch out really before. I thought I liked DiCaprio, but mm-hmm. I never thought of him as this guy who was ready to get down and dirty for acting and everything. So like him being in this like Gangs of New York and everything, Scorsese movie seemed well beyond him at that point. Now that's just me. That's my own shit. Like if I could watch it now, I would probably have a different uh, opinion. It's it's also it's also not good. I've talked about how like there's this weird like anachronistic music in there mm-hmm. in that big opening fight and everything. But then it gets boring. You're right. The Cameron Diaz character is completely unnecessary. Mm-hmm. The whole ending is totally anticlimactic. Really, the only reason to watch this movie is for Daniel Day-Lewis's performance. Yep. And he's not even in it all that much. He's not. Not as much as you think he's going to be. There is a great moment, though, in Gangs of New York where, and this is just a shot, it shows a whole bunch of people. uh, There might be more to it than I'm about to say, but it basically you have a whole bunch of people signing up to go to war. Mm Mm-hmm. You see all these people, and I think a lot of them are immigrants. So you might be seeing immigrants coming into to new york other immigrants coming in to fight in the war and then like soldiers and then you see like coffins coming home oh yeah all in one shot showing like basically the circle of life uh you know of an immigrant in this time um and so i love that shot in it it's one of the you know i mean the movie's like two and a half two it is a long movie or whatever but the first time i watched this i had it was my first time coming back to hollywood 27 after like a year or so of not doing any of the thursday night business and everything we watched this movie at like midnight one o'clock <laughs> oh, man and uh and the guy i was watching it with would turn to turn to me and to say something about the movie and he just saw me sleeping <laughs> <laughs> and so i've had the complicated sort of uh history with gangs of new york yeah where I just you know um what else is there in the scorsese because like stuff like the departed was boston mm-hmm. and then uh shutter island was uh was new england was mm-hmm. massachusetts and all that um and uh was it uh, casino obviously was vegas mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. well the aviators all over the place yeah. yeah i mean but he's he's firmly tied to uh to to new york and i don't know is the irishman the irishman yeah <laughs> actually i think it is the irishman not the irishman I think that takes place in New York too. I think it is the Irish. That's a, it's all one 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 word. Yeah, that's like a Amazon or Netflix joint. I don't know. I'm looking forward to yeah, it. Like it everybody. A- it's got De Niro and DiCaprio. Yeah, I think, and Pacino and, and the, the Pacino. Yeah, <laughs> and yeah. the Pacino. Yeah, it is. Yeah, and I've I've heard about this movie for like two years. Yeah. It's time for it to come Seriously. out. Um. All right, let's go on to our alphanumeric list, and the first one is a fucking winner. <laughs> nine and a half weeks oh jesus <laughs> do you even remember anything about this movie yes we send well, it oh that's right yeah, you yeah. See, you we, send it, again. we send it for 50 shades of gray uh, and um we send three movies that week that was basic instinct yep. showgirls and nine and a half oh, weeks jesus. wow <laughs> and uh it was a week of flesh yeah exactly one watchable movie <laughs> we wore yeah. out that blur button that's for sure yeah holy <laughs> shit yeah that was one of those where it was like uh you know you did showgirls and it was like all right I, I, there's nothing in this that uh, is unblurred or whatever and then jeremy came back and was like there's like three scenes in here that are unblurred <laughs> like just people in the mirror yeah, in the yeah. background 
film and all that. But anyway, Nine and a Half Weeks is um is a really shitty movie. Oh god! Like even if you were trying to just make a sex movie or whatever it's it's not very titillating no uh there is a famous famous scene with food playing uh what is the song that's uh uh the one that's like i've i've got bread and butter i've got toast and (laughs) whatever that song is called um all during it and everything it was parodied in hot shots um <laughs> the point oh, where like, he like shoots olives off of her belly button into her <laughs> yeah, mouth or yeah, something yeah. Right? And he like he like cooks eggs on her stomach <laughs> <laughs> um but uh but yeah i remember when i was excited to watch nine and a half weeks i had never seen it before we send it and everything mm-hmm. and i was like oh yeah this is gonna be some raw 80s you know action here <laughs> And there's really not much no. action in it. It's a boring fucking mm-hmm. movie. That's its biggest sin. It's yeah. boring as hell. It's yeah. l- actually, Fifty Shades is less boring than Nine and a Half Weeks. Yeah, that's, can believe that. that is sad, sad stuff. But uh, Mickey Rourke, Kim Basinger, Kim Basinger, like, uh, just as she was coming mm-hmm. up. And Mickey Rourke had established himself as this next yeah. big thing at this point. But yeah, that movie sucks. <laughs> All right. Then the next one is 54. Oh. Um, about uh, Studio 54. Well, Did this you is this? where Ryan Phillippe really proved what he's got. <laughs> he sure did. He sure did. <laughs> so Mike Myers is in this, right? Yeah, he's Steve Rebell, ne- the guy. Nev Campbell. Uh, Nev Campbell. Yeah. Did you see this? I saw it because I had I, for about six months. I had a Nev Campbell thing. Uh huh. And uh, I re- all <laughs> it I did rem- with skyscraper. <laughs> yes. Uh, all I remember is that I didn't really like it. No, it's weird. I saw this. This came out in 1998 uh, when I was working at the Hollywood 27, actually. Yeah. And uh, I was. It, it was one of those things that you could just go in and, and watch for a little while. Uh, but I saw it on its premiere night, and I was excited about it because it was Mike Myers doing something different. Like he's playing the super fruity, and I mean fruity in a queer way, uh, you know, character mm-hmm. where like he's. I think he's just sex fluid. I don't even know. He's semen. We don't (laughs) (laughs) even. Meaning that he'll he'll fuck anything. Yeah. Uh, But like, uh, you know, it it was a completely different pansexual pansexual or whatever. Um, It's a completely different part, obviously, from Mike Myers. Uh, He wears like a prosthetic nose and stuff like that. And he kind of pulls it off. But Mm -hmm. like Ryan Phillippe is so vacuous as an actor that he sucks him down Mm -hmm. to his level Mm -hmm. in his scenes. And it just... It just didn't work. It's it's almost enjoyable to watch because of all the debauchery and everything, but it's also you could tell sanitized a little bit yeah. for even a rated R uh movie. Some of so. in this too, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I I actually had an interest still have an interest in watching this even though I know that it's terrible. It's interesting. It because is interesting. The, the 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 subject matter. There is a documentary that has come out right. that uh, is uh, goes over the whole, you know, years of studio 54 and everything well and then they made that tv show studio 54 on the sunset strip <laughs> oh yeah yeah for sure it also had a lot of six <laughs> like <laughs> matthew perry just could not stop getting vagina in that show <laughs> we should move on from this uh, another scorsese movie the age of innocence i oh, still God. haven't seen this um you know what i watched this in an era when like this is the last thing you would put i think i was maybe 21 when i saw this movie and pretty dresses man all over again I just, you just look at those costumes i'm like i really don't care what happens to any of them 
It's a mm-hmm. Merchant Ivory film, right? Or like a look look like a Merchant Ivory. I mean, film? it's Scorsese, but right. It's, what, but a weird, mean, what a weird movie for him to do, though. Yeah, you know? and it was PG as well. Yeah, was, uh, this is Daniel Day Lewis, though, right? Mm-hmm. And yeah. Winona Ryder. And yeah. Winona Ryder. I saw it. I dismissed it as stuffy fluff. I'm sure it's great. I should give. It, I should revisit it. <laughs> yeah, I I wish that I could speak more to the movie, but I've never seen yeah, it. I so I I will someday. It's just one of those movies that not on your radar most most time. Mm-hmm. Uh, then a, a movie I know that uh, Barrett loves, Along Came Polly. I was oh. watching this again last night. Oh, oh fuck. You, you bastard. Man, no, trust me. It is it is enjoyable. It's Jennifer Aniston at her peak, <coughs> you know, sexiness. Uh, she plays a slightly different character. She's, you know, manic pixie dream girl, but she's got like a real edge to her, almost like a Holly Go Lightly type of thing. Doesn't want to be, you know, trapped in. Ben Stiller is Ben Stiller, but it's the supporting cast that's so good. Philip Seymour Hoffman, Alec Baldwin. Uh, it may be the guy from Cocktail, Brian. Uh, oh, uh, Brian Brown. Brian Brown that plays this base jumping adventure seeking uh, executive that's trying to get insurance. And he's hilarious in it. It, it is a funny, funny movie. Hank Azaria is funny in it. Like, it's worth watching, trust mm-hmm. me. It is Brian Brown. Yeah. Um, no, I've never seen it and I probably won't for a long time. <laughs> Um, I'm telling you, at the very least, you're not going to be offended by this movie. Yeah, maybe. I, I don't know. I, I think the trailer turned me off of it forever. It's not a good trailer. And uh, so, yeah, maybe maybe for you, Barrett. Maybe and one day. It's pretty funny. Um, another movie that I'm ashamed to say I haven't seen is All That Jazz. Oh. Bob Fosse, I think, directed this. He did. <laughs> Watch this in a hallucinatory state. I was actually feverish. I was sick when I saw this Ooh. movie. And it's about a guy, a Fosse-esque character, uh, that is dying uh, because of addiction to, to speed, to pills, to booze, to women, to cigarettes. And it's played by Roy Scheider just off of Jaws, basically. And he's fucking great. Mm. Oh, man, this is a really, really good movie. Yeah, mm. I know. This is one of those movies that I definitely need to see, and I just I just never have. I think you would really do. Is it a musical? Yes. It, well, is that it has where musical all that jazz, the song comes mm-hmm. from? Okay um the next all that jazz now okay so uh, is this an american tale the cartoon Mm -hmm. okay because because you realize it's t-a-i-l because it's a mouse yes so when i saw t-a-l-e i was like oh maybe (laughs) this is another american tale no this is the Uh, five yeah this is a don bluth uh cartoon that i watched when i was a kid and uh i loved it and uh somewhere out there great song isn't isn't it isn't it adorable it is. This is just an adorable movie. Mm-hmm. It is. It is. The problem is you have Don Bluth here sort of trying to carve his own. He did definitely carve his own animated niche. I'm not saying he didn't, but I think I mean making the mouse the main character, you know, trying to carve a niche opposite Disney was maybe mm-hmm. not the smart. They made a sequel. Must have made enough money. Oh, yeah. Five Goes West. I think they made a bunch of them later. After, even after Five Goes West, there's, let's see. So, like, Five hits the nursing home? Oh, yeah, I yeah. Think so. The Mystery of the Night Monster, The Treasure of Manhattan Island. Yeah, uh, there's a couple other movies. Um, but, uh, yeah, I, this is, this is an early, that was nine years old when this came out. And, um, I really liked it. Yeah. I haven't, I may have not seen it since, though. Somewhere Out There is one of the most iconic. I, I would say that it's as iconic as When You Wish Upon a Star. Mm-hmm. Um, it's got to be up there. I mean, it came later, so it hasn't had time to seep into history as much. But I would I would agree with you. It's yeah. it's probably endured more than anything else about the movie. Sure. Um, and I, one of the things I think that made it endearing was they let a little kid sing it. Mm-hmm. Like, it's not sung 
by Ariana Grande and John Legend. It's not sung well, by... They we, did do a pop version of it, yeah. though, like Peebo Bryson or something Somewhere like that. Somewhere around there. <laughs> but, even, but even in the music, even in the movie, you would think they would have cleaned up the audio track more, but it's the imperfections of his singing yeah. that make it ring true and seem real. I yeah. agree. I agree. All right. Uh, then there is both Analyze This and Analyze That. I was watching five minutes of Analyze That yesterday, and I was like, now I know why I forgot these movies. Mm-hmm. Well, the first one, I was actually had it on a Wreck of Warren list uh, not too long ago. Um, the first one had a really good pedigree, man. You had uh, Billy Crystal and Lisa Kudrow, and then you had De Niro, obviously, and then all the guys that are typically in the mob movies. Uh, then he had Kenneth Lonergan was uh, was what wrote it, mm-hmm. and he had it was uh, Harold Ramis directed it. Yep, and it snaps, it moves. I remember the first one being funny. Yeah, yeah. I, I haven't seen it since. Now, as compared to the whole Nine Yards, I don't which has a very similar situation. Sure. I it it's nowhere near as good as that. Yeah, I wouldn't think so. Uh, but just like the whole Ten Yards, <laughs> analyze that was just a derivative and not very good. Yeah. yeah. Uh, th- these, uh, so The Sopranos, I think, came out before this, before Analyze This. right around the same, it, it was came the out, same It year. was about the same year, but I think, uh, I think Sopranos came out first. Right. And so there was a lot of sort of thunder stolen, even though the movie ended up being a hit, there was a lot of thunder stolen about, you know, a, a big time mobster going to get, seek out psychiatric help and all that, you know um and that first one did okay the second one i think by that time people were already like all right i'm over this Mm -hmm. um but uh yeah i mean it has a it's it's basically movies for the for that time really there's not much to it today i don't think Um, talk about uh thunder being stolen i guess there's a new movie coming up or show called bird box and everybody on reddit was calling it um a quiet place with blindness instead of deafness And they were bemoaning the fact that A Quiet Place had stolen this movie's thunder because this movie is based on a book that came before A Quiet Place that apparently is revered and adored. Ah. But now it's going to hit the the mainstream public is going to probably dismiss the thinking goes this film because it's derivative of a quiet place mm-hmm. yeah, yeah just like really. just like that movie that's coming out in december the uh the si- silent, silent yeah it's a silent location yeah, it's, like, <laughs> it's almost area. like that yeah that's what john was in yeah, a silent it, area it's it's, it's, it's it's i don't think it's a place it's just a silent something or mm-hmm. whatever and like uh and yeah that's uh gonna be i mean has the almost the exact same synopsis yeah, but yeah. You, it's one of those where you know they started making it before quiet place <laughs> came out well yeah the modern horrors guys said that they saw it at oh uh, yeah at the festival they didn't see the movie but they saw it on the program yeah uh then we have annie yeah oh which one? Oh, i guess all of them yeah mm-hmm. um, i don't like any of them oh really i mean they're harmless did you see the most recent one with jamie fox i did not i didn't either yeah i saw about 20 minutes of it mm. you don't like uh the original or the original that we grew up on i think 78 ish or something like oh that. i don't know uh, i thought it was even like longer than that it was 82 is that oh, was one 82 that, yeah um it's okay i thought it was adorable i, I mean seen it in forever. i guess i isn't annie i'm gonna speak stupid things out out of my mouth <laughs> but it always just felt like an americanized oliver twist kind of thing it absolutely is yeah okay so the, i think that's that's why I've never connected. Or a reverse different strokes. Sorry. 
Jesus. <laughs> oh, Jesus. We need to start keeping a brown paper bag. In this room. <laughs> oh, Christ. Oh, uh, anyway. Yeah. Um, yeah, I haven't seen it in forever. Uh, just before we move on from the 1982 version, first of all, it was directed by John Huston. Oh, really? Uh, it had uh, Aylan Quinn as, as Annie, uh, but Albert Finney was Daddy Warbucks, Carol Burnett, Tim Curry, Bernadette Peters. Uh, there was a really, really great Carol cast Burnett, there. I remember, and I remember mm-hmm. her being good. Yeah. I just didn't really like the movie all that much. Yeah. Uh, then, yeah, Ugh, anger management. Jesus Christ. All right, skip. Uh, Jack Nicholson, Adam Sandler. Uh, here's Barrett liking another shit movie. This, well, this is me defending like Adam Sandler movies that have a little bit more than the the shit that we've seen recently. Oh, uh, you're probably right. It's got John C. Riley as a Buddhist monk that gets assaulted. So Jack Nicholson is is fun. Wasn't this movie's message essentially from Jack Nicholson that he needs to let out his anger because yes. there are two different kinds of people in the world: those who hold it in and then become serial killers, mm-hmm. and then there are people who let it out and you know are normal most of the time right. and everything like that. Yeah, it's and, got it's got a great performance with. Uh, uh, John Turturro again in a in a uh, Adam Sandler film. I remember mainly the trailer because there's that whole thing where Adam Sandler's like, uh, like who who's gonna help me or whatever, and they they go right into uh, the who's don't get fooled again. They show Jack Nicholson in the crazy. Jack <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I really, I'll be honest. I saw it the one time. I, I think it was a Thursday night. I put it together, so I had to watch it mm-hmm. kind of movie. And I think I was done with Sandler at that point, so mm-hmm. I probably didn't give it a fair shake. It, but it, it's going to go down in history as the movie that Charlie Sheen turned into a TV show for mm-hmm. a little extra career. Yeah. Right? Yeah. I of mean, all I guess. things. I guess. I mean, I, it gets a lot of play on like the cable channels and stuff mm. like that. I'll watch it when it's on because mm. uh, Nicholson is is really having fun in it. Uh, Marissa Tomei is in there. Like, it's just, I don't know. It's fun to me. It's mm-hmm. What I think I like most about it is that it's not Sandler specific. Like, it, he's not. When he's carrying a movie, like he does with Click or what he does with fucking uh, Grown Ups or something mm-hmm. like that, in the latter days, that's where it fails. But mm. when he can share with some you know really talented people uh, like Nicholson and Turturro and stuff like that, I think that you know mitigates it a little bit and it's mm-hmm. more fun. Mm-hmm. Um, then there's the Amityville Horror, um, uh, especially the 1979, and yeah, definitely the remake, probably. Uh, is this, this is upstate New York. Um, another of the, and this is the one that sort of started all this, uh, the Warrens and everything. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, although there's nothing about the Warrens in Amityville Horror that apparently they came in later or mm-hmm. whatever. We're looking at the actual haunting that's happening or the demon possession, whatever you want to fucking call it that happens to the, you know, the first, the uh, Brolin character in the first one and then Ryan Reynolds in the remake. Do you like the first one? Do you like the first uh, one? I mean, not really. Really? Yeah. I mean, I don't know if it's because I had seen, this is one of those movies that comes out before you can really watch movies like that. Then you watch a whole bunch of stuff that's like worse than that or, uh, yeah, yeah. or scarier than that. And then you come back and watch Amityville Horror and it doesn't seem right. Yeah, yeah. This is something though that I think was just a phenomenon. The book was a phenomenon. Like people were like, this is, you know, this is crazy. This actually happened and mm-hmm. all that. Cause that's when, you know, people really did believe this actually happened and everything. Uh, so when you have that idea, it's kind of like the Blair Witch Project, right? When you have the idea that it did happen. Yep. There's a there's something added to it, but now you know that all that stuff is 
largely been debunked or at least a lot of the things are just you know shady in the details then you watch amy mohar and you're like oh this is just about a dude who becomes an asshole (laughs) (laughs) you just described the shining (laughs) yeah exactly yeah well you probably how many movies could you describe with that one phrase (laughs) becomes an asshole i bet bet there's a good few he's perfectly nice and then he's he's a dick afterwards uh but yeah there's you know there's some malevolent force that's just uh you know Mm -hmm. like it's it's happened in the house before and you know it had led to a whole bunch of murders and like the the setup for horror movies like even today they still do this like you know they still do the murder house thing Mm -hmm. and like it's been a it's a house that's been there for 20 years and there's always the guys like we have never seen a deal like this this is amazing it'll take a little bit of fixer up blah 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 and and, you know and they go into the new house that's why we have the uh family moves into a new house cliche every time that thing comes up yep uh bad lieutenant yeah, oh. this is the Abel Ferreira, um, yeah. Harvey Keitel. Harvey Keitel is bad you lieutenant. Know, at the time I watched this movie, this was probably some of the raw shit I've ever seen. Yeah. It's got some weird shit in it. Still would probably yeah. disturb you. Yeah, I'm just saying as I, as I grew into more of a cinephile, I ended up seeing some fucked up shit uh-huh. along the, but at this point, this was like, I largely know Harvey Keitel from like Pulp Fiction and that kind of thing. And so I'm pulling this off the shelf thinking Pulp Fiction. All right. And I get that. And I was just like, and of course at the, at the same time, I was still pretty active in like religion. And this one, this was based on a real story too. This was the, I think this was a nun who got raped. And the, the the main story of that, I mean, even though Bad Lieutenant is more sort of an episodic type of thing, mm-hmm. you see him, he gambles, he drinks, he smokes, he's all that, you know, he's a bad lieutenant. <laughs> and, uh, but like, uh, but like the main story of it is, the, I think it was this nun who got raped and, and like, uh, yeah, it's a, it's, they go back and flashback and stuff like that. And it's, uh, it's a rough movie, but I guess what would, would we, would we say this movie is good uh despite that i don't know it's uh okay well i think they made the right call in doing the the spiritual sequel the port of call new orleans Mm -hmm. with Werner herzog and uh and nicholas cage Mm -hmm. i think if i think probably most people have seen that that haven't seen this Mm -hmm. and if you liked that on a certain debauchery like completely gonzo level you'll probably like this yeah um yes there are some weird things in there but i i if you take it at face value of what it's trying to do i think it's i think it's enjoyable the one the the actress playing the nun does a good job of retelling the story and she's talking about how like you know you know, I helped this guy and he wasn't very friendly, but they're often not friendly. Like you help homeless people and whatever. And then, you know, it, then it just pro- progresses from there and everything. But her telling of the story is harrowing. It is. No, I mean, if you if you concentrate on his character doing, you know, doing drugs and like Chris is saying, gambling and all that stuff, fucking a bunch of uh, women, you know, fucking his way through the Bronx. You know, that's that's more of he's actually still 
kind of doing his job, mm -hmm. but he's a bad person. <laughs> that was one of the, it was, even though I don't think it turned out to be uh, a great outtake or anything, uh, it was fun trying to come up with something for National Treasure where Harvey Keitel and Nicolas Cage were talking <laughs> to each other <laughs> and getting both bad lieutenants. <laughs> like, I, I got, like, something with Harvey Keitel on the phone talking about, you will take my bet and all that. And then I had Nicolas Cage saying something from Bad Lieutenant or whatever. It didn't match up perfectly, but it was, it's still fun. Then there's B movie. Uh, okay. Jer Jerry Seinfeld. Uh, I think this movie's terrible. Yeah. I don't know why it got all meme-y. It, it, well, yeah. And it, I don't think it has a good reputation. I think it mm -hmm. had a huge marketing leading up to it. It was this big deal. Oh, Jerry Seinfeld's going to finally plop down his hat in an animated movie <laughs> ring. And yeah, they did it, it just a lot of the jokes are super dated and like you said Mimi and yeah and and it's about a, a woman that ultimately wants a relationship with a bee. Mhm. Mm it's weird. Like hey, a romantic relationship. Hey man, don't judge. Hey. All right. If you're bisexual. Look, it's 2018. I think it's better than the nut job. Yes. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But I mean, these are conversations I probably would rather not spend my time having. <laughs> uh the next one on here is Black Swan. Woo! Good one. And it says Darren Aronofsky, another like dark delving into you would never think ballet. Ballet. Well, again, he's doing the the the, the Black Swan. I think is what led the the duality of her sort of personality or brains, if mm -hmm. you will, sort of drew him to Black Swan the show, which mm -hmm. then drew him into the ballet world. Because I think I don't know, but I think the ballet Black Swan has some of these. Light, dark, yin -yang. About Swan Lake. Swan Lake, sorry. Yeah. Not Black Swan, the ballet. Swan yeah. Lake. Yeah. Um, anyway, uh, I saw it once. I fucking loved it. I don't know why I haven't seen it again. Oh, yeah. It's worth seeing again because so many layers to this thing. Uh, you know what I hate? I follow account an account on Twitter. Uh, I forget what it is, but it's. It's an aggregate of retweeting other things, and and one of it is like uh, honest movie posters, mm -hmm. and they'll they'll put out like what this this thing is actually about, and on one of them they had a fake poster for Black Swan that said lesbian sex. On God, it. that's such an easy lazy. Fuck joke. you, man. Because yeah. because yes, but no, and it. That's there's such a small part well, yeah, of this fucking movie. One brief scene. You yes. can't even. No, it's it's stupid. So you can't even get aroused in the amount of time that scene takes to go by and, sure. and be gone. And again, in large part, that's what that's what internet comedy does is it tries to distill something. This is what we get accused of doing all the time: mm -hmm. distill something down to an easy joke rather than actually. There are probably a better honest poster to make for Black Swan, yeah, yeah, than lesbian sex. But lesbian sex is a better joke. It's probably more likely to get a click. I don't mm -hmm. know, but yeah. that's just lazy. No, it's comedy. bullshit. But I mean, the the there's so much more going on in this movie than that. Oh, if you liked the stuff, especially in, when you figure out at the end who the Mila Kunis character is supposed to be. Yes, the lesbian sex scene doesn't it, it gets even less sexy. Yes, mm -hmm. yes. Yeah. No, I mean, if you liked the 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 dynamic between Miles Keller and J.K. Simmons and Whiplash, that's what you get with Vincent Cassell and mm -hmm. Natalie Portman in yep. this, and then you introduce this third character in Mila Kunis, and it just. Like, it's, it's fire. Like, well, everything it, about this movie is on fire in a great way. Well, and one of the things I remember, again, I only saw it the once, correct me if I'm wrong, but I, I remember feeling like 
it worked. What he was doing worked because by that that final performance, like she gets it. She did it. She goes out there and dances the dance the way he wants her to. Yeah. He and pushes her. her. Maybe she murdered herself. I don't really know what happens at the end of this movie. I'll be honest. But I feel like it's definitively saying she finally nailed the ballet part in a way that he'd been trying to get her to the whole time. It just took, you know, a psychotic break to get there. Mm. It, it takes all of her. It yeah. takes all of her. And uh, I mean, it's been out for a while. She, I think she, the implication is she does die at the end of this because she believes that she killed the Mila Kunis she character. Killed herself. But mm-hmm. she actually, uh, you know, stabbed herself, I think is what it was. Mm-hmm. And then when she falls off at the end, you see Cassell come up to her and like, oh, you nailed it, you know, that kind of thing. Yeah. And it fades to white. So I think that's the implication. Which is in it. the same thing Birdman does, yep. too. It's yep. got the same kind of deal with it in its, in its thing. That Lots of spoilers a, today. That would be oh, an interesting double feature. Great. Birdman and Black Swan. Yeah. I would totally watch that double feature. It'd I'm telling awesome. you, if I had... If I ever get to unlim- like limitless funds, if I'm like Bill Gates money, I'm going to buy my own theater and program unique double features. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. I think that would be fun as shit. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. Uh, then we have uh, Bruce Almighty, which was a, yeah, Buffalo. Buffalo. Yeah, the Sabres won the championship. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like, that's how you know it's a fantasy. <laughs> Fuck this movie, by the way. Talk about unlikable characters. He's unlikable all the way through he this movie. He is now. I've I, when I first saw this movie, I re, I remember dismissing it as a, a wannabe liar liar. Mm-hmm. Um, I've come around a little bit. I it don't think funny it's moments. anywhere near as good as liar liar, but uh, it's watchable. And yes, he is an asshole, like Lightning McQueen levels of asshole all the way through <laughs> this thing. But it still makes me laugh in several places. Uh, you've got you've got the whole Steve Carell scene. You've got no. There's a lot of stuff that whole that's back funny to you fuckers. Yes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and you know the 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 vignettes of him using his god powers are are can be pretty funny. They're not always funny. I sp- especially like the news reports he allows himself to do, like the ca- catching of the weed and the finding of <laughs> Jimmy Hoffa's body and all <laughs> these because other- <laughs> he sells it like he's uh, he's real excited. We're gonna open the door. We're gonna open the door. And he's He's got these, this manic look on his face. Uh, so, yeah, I think it's it's good, not great. And, yeah, yeah he's an asshole. Yes. I'll just watch a guy turn it into an asshole. <laughs> he turns into just the same amount of asshole. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, now, uh, the second one, Evan Almighty. Oh. We'll get to that when we get to DC. Never mind. Uh, yeah. Never mind. Yeah. Uh, then there's uh, Bullets Over Broadway. I have not seen this. Man, I almost spoke up back a couple weeks ago when you were talking about like the best Woody Allen movie. Mm-hmm. Cause I think bullets over Broadway would be my favorite. Really? Yeah. But it was also my introduction to Woody Allen. It's, um, uh, it's, it's, it's light. It's funny and it's lighter than the themes that he normally. Yeah. Yeah. Into. And it's talk heavy. Um, and you had that whole famous Diane Weist scene where she keeps shushing him. No, no, no. Yeah, no don't yeah. speak. Don't speak. Mm-hmm. Um, but I loved it. It was, I started watching more Woody Allen movies, like back catalog because I enjoyed this so much. And, and Mighty Aphrodite came out not too long after this. Mm-hmm. And that, those are always sort of my, my conception of Woody Allen, which is weird because they're very unlike, you know, the 70s Woody Allen or the 80s Woody Allen. No, I agree. It's it, it's funny that you say that Mighty Aphrodite, which I guess we'll get to. All right, we could talk about it now. Yeah. Uh, because, yeah, they're both lighter. Mighty Aphrodite, interestingly like deals with kind of heavy themes and tries to insert like heavier stuff like through the greek chorus yeah. and all that stuff um and and the nature of of this relationship um but it is one of the lighter 
uh, entries that he's got. In fact, in the 90s and the 80s, I guess, is when Bullets Over Broadway came out. And then the 90s started started being a little more like intentionally humorous and, and not more subversive like Annie Hall. Bullets Over Broadway like was uh, 94, 95. Oh, so it was the 90s. Yeah. yeah so right around that, that Somewhere time. Somewhere around there. But yeah, he kind of he kind of like uh, stopped taking himself too seriously, Maybe. and uh, and that's an interesting point of entry for you uh, to come into his work without all the denseness of the '70s and the '80s stuff, like crimes and misdemeanors and stuff like that, um, or or Manhattan, or you know, or the the late period European stuff. That's that's a cool entry. Yeah, um, no, I mean it was just basically my entry to to film was that sort mm-hmm. of mid nineties era, but yeah, bullets uh, over Broadway. Diane Weist won the Oscar. Uh, Chas Palminteri got nominated. Jennifer Tilly got nominated, and this wow. is one of the many uh, Woody Allen got nominated for director and writing. Hmm. Um, and then we have Bubble Boy. Oh, geez. Jake Gyllenhaal. Uh, uh, we can skip this yeah. one. <laughs> it's not at, good at least at we got Jake Gyllenhaal. I think he's. This is like one of his first films. Is it before it's one Darko? of them? I think this came. Yeah, I think it's came out before that. I think it. Came came out before october sky even mm. uh maybe i don't know let me look let october me see sky, that's some good shit mm-hmm. yeah october sky is great uh bubble boy was 2001 so october sky i think came out before then uh yeah october sky came out in 99 october sky is probably the the first real time you you mm. remember seeing jake Hall. it was 99 so uh no i have i think i've seen parts of bubble boy but i've never seen the whole thing uh, all i remember is that he's kind of manic in the movie like yeah. it's not like jake gyllenhaal that you know of in almost any other film like th- almost going for a comedy career yeah he didn't know how to tone it down at this point yeah. I don't think. was was this a remake of boy in the plastic bubble i hope not I Wasn't think Boy that the John Travolta? Was yeah, John yeah, Travolta. But that was like a drama. That was this is like oh, this is Bubble Boy straight yeah, yeah. comedy. Yeah. yeah. Uh, then we have Buffalo '66, which may still be the only good Vincent Gallo movie. I agree. Mm. Uh, what is what is in the running? Uh, there's one other one that's... Well, he did um, uh, that... The one before this I saw... It wasn't Brown Bunny, but yeah, he was, actually yeah. did. <laughs> Brown Bunny is... his. Oh, my God. Uh, Brown Bunny came after this, Yeah, though. it did. Yeah, Buffalo 66 was his first uh, feature. All right. I'm and then right, he did some TV shows, but then he did Brown Bunny after that, and then... Yeah, I, no, he really hasn't done. He's anything. really not done anything else other than those. Those are the two ones he's known. This for. is a good movie. Buffalo sixty six is good. It's 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 so odd. It mm-hmm. is such an odd movie. Uh, I had a big Christina Ricci that still have a big Christina Ricci uh, thing, and she was uh, she was fantastic in this. And of course, it's got the 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 famous. We're going to span time together. Okay, we're going to sit here and we're going to span time. Don't talk. We're just spanning time right here. <laughs> and uh, it is it, there's a whole thing about uh, uh, Scott Norwood missing the field mm-hmm. goal in the Super Bowl and everything that's like driving this character. Yeah, just uh, yeah, weird, quirky. Uh, it made you think that he was he could actually do something really cool, and then you get the brown. Yeah. There's another double feature: Buffalo '66 and Big Fan, starring uh, Patton Oswalt. Oh yeah, yeah. Two yeah. movies about fans who are way too obsessed. Yeah and take their team's performance personally yeah that would be good that and would. they're both new york yeah all right see we just talked about big fan we can scratch that one off the list. boom uh then there's carlito's way brian de palma uh directing al pacino again sean penn what do you think of this Vigo? i love carlito's way you like this i watched it once and didn't like it man he's so yes you're right it's a it's a very good movie but he he Pacino really starts to buy into his own bullshit right here. Well, this is 
post sin of a woman yeah and so now everybody's like uh, oh you like you like me yelling do you you know every single line he is just over the top and chewing and just mm. nah. you guys think you're big time <laughs> you're gonna fucking die big time <laughs> um but yeah um i haven't seen it forever but i i did i like this way more than i like scarface mm-hmm. um, i would say the opposite but i understand why yeah uh but uh yeah i think it's a good movie uh i guess everybody else sean penn is terrific in this movie yeah and unlike you've ever seen sean penn in an afro he, yeah i know i wish he would do shit like this more often than now trading on his grizzled old fucking sean penn this yeah uh, on to Changing Lanes. Oh, yeah. Samuel Jackson, Ben Affleck. I uh, saw this at the theater that Jeremy was yeah, uh, baby. managing at the time. What did you think? This seems like a you movie. Yeah, it's watchable trash. <laughs> That's basically what we're coming down to here. The <laughs> definition of a Jeremy movie. I don't think it's trash, though. I think there's, uh, it, yes, it's campy at times. It's what over the top. I want is my time back. <laughs> yeah. It's just that creates a circumstance that's so unique and virtually mathematically impossible. <laughs> uh, but it's a, it's an enjoyable enough ride. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, I don't know. If you like Sam Jackson, it's worth your time. Oh, yeah. Unfortunately, cannot find this article on the internet anymore. It's been deleted. But David Wayne came out with his middle movies of 2003. Right. Oh, yeah. And this was on it. And, uh, and so like it, it had, uh, it just, uh, it's just funny reading about these just perfectly average movies. I think Changing Lanes was number one on oh, the yeah. middle. <laughs> it is exactly <laughs> that. Is. Uh, but yeah, I, I saw it. I don't remember too much about it other than Samuel Jackson is pissed at Ben Affleck. And he ben, is. They have a car accident. Some files get mixed up. Mm-hmm. A court date is missed. <laughs> Yep. You know, as these things happen. Yeah. yeah. And then he finds him again to get the, the memo or letter that he was looking yeah, for. Yeah, then they start basically trying to fuck each other's lives up just out of spite. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, City Hall, which I remember mainly for the trailer. There was a palace that was the city. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> a city in which there were no kings, no queens, no princes or dukes, but subjects. <laughs> Okay. No, that was good. Uh, I think, I mean, I saw the movie. I remember thinking uh, everybody in this movie is better than this. Yeah. Cusack, Bridget Fonda. Yeah. Uh, Same here. I uh, was this a, was a Harold Becker who directed this? If it is, that's a pull. It is Harold Becker. Yes. There you go. Uh, Uh, Jerry Goldsmith. Yeah. Jerry Goldsmith is the, the composer. You're totally right. It's got really good people in this, and it's got nice monologuing from Pacino. Yeah, it should it's be got, good. It's got uh, Cusack as the social justice warrior. But it's like the Father's Day of big city mayor movies. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it is. It kind of is. Yeah. No, the trailer was great. It had the isn't um it had the music from the trailer is one of those well known pieces of music that I can't remember which movie it's from. Mm. Uh, it might be Untouchables for all I know, but uh, it's. Uh, I heard this in a lot. L.A. Confidential had the same song mm. in its trailer, or mm. same same piece of music. Um, then we have a movie that is uh, considered the best movie of all time, Citizen Kane. Mm. Where would you put this on your best movies of all time? I love Citizen Kane. I do know everything that it has contributed to the you know to the way films are made because. Orson Welles did a lot of inventing on mm-hmm. this that people then later copied and then made their own things and all that and everything. Whenever I watch Citizen Kane, though, in this day and age, 
I still feel a sense of this is too dated to, for to put me to put it in a top fifty for me hmm. even. Uh, even though I appreciate everything that it is doing. Well, it's like, isn't it in some way, it's a smaller, tighter version of trying to compare, like, well, the best musician ever was either Beethoven or Sting. (laughs) (laughs) Right? Like, because I'm not going to vote for fucking Beethoven. Good for you. I never heard the fucker play live. I don't know what I have is my, right? So Citizen Kane is incredibly dated. Um, for a modern viewer to watch. And I think if you want to call it the best movie ever, then you are making allowances for the film, right? I don't think I make allowances for it. And I still would put that in my top five, Citizen Kane. There's little things like, you know, the wig on Orson Welles when he goes down, the weird bird thing transition. But besides that, those shots, especially on like a cleaned up uh, print, those shots are still just as riveting. The mirror shots and then the shots of Xanadu and then things like that. They're, they're still the one that, as, as personal to me as if I had seen it in 1945. I well, that, maybe you just 41. have a, an easier ability to, to view it that way than I do. Mm. Like the, the shot that really stood out to me the first time I saw it, Citizen Kane was that pull through the window. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because I felt like that may have been the first time anybody had ever done that. Mm-hmm. And I am still impressed by that when modern day filmmakers do when the raid two does that pull into the car window and then out the other side my my jaw dropped uh and i guess i guess i guess i just wonder how much are we saying the film is great and how much are we saying it led to so many great films i mean to me it's both it's in its influence is is unbelievable i think we were talking about a lot of technical things though as far as how i i I think the reason why I'm always been hung, I've always been hung up on Citizen Kane, and I I don't like it when it just seems to be a blanket number one can't beat that ever. Yeah, um, is that I like I the story is fine. I like the idea that you can't uh, define a man by one thing, which is what this whole uh, thing the reporter is doing the whole time. What did Rosebud mean? Did it mean or that it, even or even that wealth doesn't ultimately satisfy what you really your real desires are yeah yeah and uh you know you can't define this person by one thing you can't do i understand all, that's, that i love that part of the story and like i said this is a movie that i really really like mm-hmm. uh but i think we're at a point now where we're just like nothing can beat that and and i, I don't agree i don't agree at all um it's 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 i think there's a built-in bias for citizen kane at this point Yes, and that's what I was trying to say. Mm -hmm. I articulated it poorly. I feel like there is a built-in bias for what came first, Mm -hmm. as though anything influenced by it after could never be considered as great. Oh, you pulled through a window in the raid, too? Well, (laughs) Citizen Kane did it first. That's dismissive of what... I know how they did that shot in the raid, too, and Orson Welles couldn't have ever dreamt of doing that kind of shit. (laughs) And so it becomes, again, this is sort of the problem when we just try to define a best movie of all time period because we're all going to bring our own baggage to it and probably was the best movie of all time until i don't know goodfellas or well yeah like children of men like or if you ask me what i'd rather watch there's going to be a lot of movies before citizen kane hits right and that's what ends up being my thing like yes we're having a we have an issue obviously as human beings is distinguishing between best and favorite and yep. and a lot of times like i guess that if i went and just just 
I looked at Citizen Kane as does this do everything better than every other movie that came after and before it? I don't know how it would even begin to make that kind of uh, the comparison. Sure, yeah. The movies that are often often are in the running to beat it, Casablanca, which I I love a lot more than Citizen Kane. Hmm. Uh, Godfather, which I I love both better than both of those movies. Mm. Um, the that's what I like story more than I like technical achievement, and uh, I love technical achievement. I you know like there's one movie that I think mashes all that together is The Untouchables. That mm-hmm. movie's like go goes crazy. On I would never say The Untouchables is the best movie ever made, mm-hmm. but right. But uh, but it, it, it mashes together more story and style than most movies I've ever seen. Um, so, yeah, it's a weird thing. It's one of those things, again, when we talk about overrated, doesn't mean that I don't like it. Mm. It means that I think that it, I, it, it is great. I just don't like it as much as all you guys do who mm. seem to keep on making it number one all time. Well, and that's the thing is that I wouldn't put it probably in my top five mm. but i'm not trying to put it at like number 400 you right, know what i mean right. like yeah, yeah. i'm just i'm just i'm gonna i'm probably gonna weigh something like shawshank a little heavier than citizen Kane. um again because because we have eras in 50 years they're gonna have these same conversations and shawshank will be old and dated <laughs> yeah yeah and you know michael bay's kid will have made like his third best picture winning <laughs> movie about emojis <laughs> and pokemon yeah ow my balls ow my, ow, balls. my balls the ai will take over for, by the way my uh, wife directing. has been using this uh because you know how they have like uh almond milk or mm-hmm. coconut milk like all these alternative milks Right for mm-hmm. I guess people who want to be healthy or vegan or whatever it is I don't know but can't digest milk what have she's buying this kind that has a combination of many different nut milks uh-huh. <laughs> and the, the brand she's buying is literally called Nut Pods what <laughs> and I'm giggling every time she pulls it out of the grocery bag <laughs> and she's like you're so you're such an infant and I'm like you you if you sat down and tried to come up with euphemisms for my ball sack. <laughs> You would get to nut pods fairly quickly. And someone approved that as the name of this brand and plastered it on the outside of the box. That makes no sense to me. Nut pods. Nut, nut pods. Why not nut milk? Why not combine That's nut much milk? much better. But mil- nut pods. Anyway, I don't yeah. understand that. Uh, then we have uh, John Landis is coming to America. We talked about this briefly when we talked about trading places uh, last time. Love coming to America. It may be Eddie Murphy's best non-stand-up movie. In yeah. fact, I think it it is handily. I, I still like Trading Places better. Yeah, I understand. That. But coming to America is, is a great tour de force type of thing for him. It's perfect because you've got Arsenio Hall and you've got him as the different characters before it became parody. Mm-hmm. You got the Eric LaSalle stuff and uh, and then you got Soul the- Glow. <laughs> Let your soul. I can't get up that high. It's like it's preternatural how far that guy gets yeah. up on the soul glue. I know. Um, there's a my favorite part of coming to America is the part where he's he has a date with Lisa. He finally has a date with her. He goes out on the stoop, and there's two kids, just random kids, just out on the stoop. And he's he he like 
bends down to their level and he's like i am going out on a date with lisa tonight <laughs> and the kids are just looking at him like <laughs> and, he, and he just goes he just oh, like, that's great yeah I, the the idea of uh of a prince saying i'm you know i want to i want to experience life and everything and of course mm. you know he goes he goes to new york and he's he wants to go to queens yes. because that's the place where you know uh and uh it's one of those funny things when I watched Coming to America, I'd never been in New York before the first time I watched that. When people referred to Queens, I just assumed it was a neighborhood oh, yeah. that was in <laughs> all of that Manhattan that we right, know. Right. And so like Queens was part of Manhattan and everything like that. And there's that odd thing where they they've taken the flight and the taxi driver is, is where do you want to go and they're like we want to go to queens <laughs> and the guy's like oh okay i can take you there but if you flew to new york you're in queens yep, yep. you're already there you're you unless matter you, which airport yeah unless you somehow landed in newark or something <laughs> you're you're in LaGuardia or jfk i think they end up in jfk yeah i think so um but uh that's one of those things where where they they do where writers who know things about new york or la or whatever put something in there like that and and they leave the rest of the country confused as to what they're actually <laughs> it's talking like about. in that percy jackson when they go to the parthenon in nashville and then they turn the wrong direction at the interstate yeah, split yeah like, well that's not how you get there it's gonna yeah. take you 10 extra minutes to go around the city <laughs> right but uh yeah coming to america is a really funny movie uh then there's cradle will rock that is uh tim robbins directing a uh the now what is the this is the story of is this pablo neruda okay so it's about the mccarthy trials and all that stuff and its effect on art and freedom of expression and stuff like that and so the theater in new york or the theater company in new york says you know we're we're, we're trade actors and we're, we're in a union and stuff like that we can't cross the the picket lines mm uh to to do this thing and the ones that do that are compelled to show their art it's got emily watson john turturro uh john cusack is in this like there's just a huge yeah, bill cast. murray you have bill Jack murray, black kyle, and kyle, kyle gas. gas like it is just a huge uh joan cusack is in this too um and the ones that that are compelled to do this and especially that final scene is so great it's just within their blood and and it, it really is a cool examination of the arts Especially in New York, I liked. I enjoyed more the crossover film that followed it with Rebecca De Mornay, "The Hand That Rocks the Cradle." Oh, yes, yeah, that is yeah. very good too. Uh, I, you know, it's weird. John Turturro is probably one of my favorite actors. Like he's he just doesn't do bad shit. Transformers. Um, he's not the problem with those, though. No, I agree. His work is okay. I mean, he's clearly slumming. I was just trying. Oh, yeah. to, I was just trying to. No, I understand. Nitpick. That's what I do. But overall, like he he. His performances are typically like home runs. I mean, even in something like The Big Lebowski, where he's just in there for a second, or Mr. Deeds or something like that, it's always like, you know, he'll, he'll pack a punch. I was talking, I said Pablo Neruda. I meant Diego Rivera. Oh, yeah, yeah. And, and the reason why, because this movie came out, it came, like, Frida came out three years later, I think. Mm -hmm. So the Frida Kahlo movie also has Diego Rivera in it. I think Frida Kahlo's in Cradle Rock. Yeah, too. yeah. So the book, 
There's a double feature there for you. There is a double feature. <laughs> Although, Frida. Hmm. Oh, no, that's that's bad. Yeah, mm. yeah, I didn't like that. Yeah. Salma Hayek's good in it, but yeah, I didn't like the movie. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, Cradle of Rock is good. You're right about that number. It's, it gets sort of, you know, it infects your mind a little bit by the end of it. Oh, the actual, the Cradle, Cradle will rock. rock. Yeah. Oh, Hank Azaria is the, the main guy who's got writer's block that's trying to get this, mm. this thing out there. Ah, so good. Uh, the day after tomorrow, we don't need to talk about that. <laughs> nope. Uh, Roland Emmerich, uh, piece of shit, um, bad dad. Yeah. Uh, Death Wish, uh, which is, uh, <laughs> that's New York, uh, as, that's fuck. New York as fuck. Uh, early uh, Jeff Goldblum. Isn't this Jeff Goldblum's first, uh, yeah, it's one of his so first. Yeah. yeah. Charlie Bronson. Charlie Bronson, Chaz. Yeah. This movie fucked up. Yeah, man. The, the, that, man, I keep, whenever Death Wish comes up now, I have to think of that, that police guy who's like, weird <laughs> he gets he gets like sent out of his car and he's like you gotta just walk back to the station and he's got this bug eye and he's like weird <laughs> and like what the fuck is that that's the only time i think after a sentence in a sin video that i put video from the actual movie yeah. as a stinger to that yeah it's like the sentence comes up and it's the guy going weird yeah <laughs> um I don't know where to land on that movie. It's, I don't like uh, that movie. I don't know if I like it either. The seventies, I don't know, went a little bit too far with uh, sexual assault mm-hmm. and stuff like that. It yada uh, yadas that it, poor woman, by the way. Yeah, it does. And uh, but it 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 tries to make everything like you know we got to show this. This is re- you don't really have to show all the things you show. No, because you don't show any of the aftermath of that. Right. From her perspective. Mm-hmm. It's like, oh, she's in a sanitarium. We're going to move her upstate. This is Charlie Bronson's wife, not her her own person or anything. It's like, his daughter, isn't it? It's his wife and daughter, right? I think his, his wife dies and his daughter is the one yeah, that gets... The daughter is the one who gets the, the comatose yeah, or whatever yeah, yeah. almost. But, uh, uh, but yeah, it's... Uh, <laughs> anyway, there's uh then there's okay. Could this be a Rekka Warney one of those Rekka Warniest movies? Death yes. to Smoochie? Yes. Um yeah. <laughs> oh this could be one of this has gotta be a candidate, right? Yes. I like this movie. <laughs> Did you like this movie? I think it's flawed as hell, but I liked it. <laughs> yeah. I liked it a this lot. This has got to be in that cruel intentions conversation. I think so. Uh, but uh, I haven't seen it since it came out. Edward Norton is in this. Yeah, I saw it in the theater, and I saw it right after it came out of home video. Uh, and, and yeah, it's fucked up and fun and black comedy and sort of a play on uh, Barney Di- the yep. dinosaur and everything. Yep. Was it, it Danny DeVito? Danny it? DeVito directed it. Uh, yeah, Catherine Keener's in it. Um, John Stewart is in it for mm-hmm. for a while, uh, and Robin Williams, of course. And I had no idea what to expect to to watch this movie. I don't I don't think I even saw a trailer for it. So I went into it completely blind and it was weird and fucked up. Yeah. Weird. And I, it's weird. weird. <laughs> uh but I agree. It's it's compelling, but it's also just fucked up. Yeah. So yeah, I had a really good time with it. It's time to talk about movie again. That's right. Yay! Yay! Some uh some more movie stuff. Uh they uh, have a thing going on right now called Horrific October. Yeah. And uh, they have a lot of cool stuff in there. You've seen one of these. Oh, man. You know, it's it's a combination of what I love about movie, being that it exposes you to stuff that you wouldn't normally watch, and also being uh, exposed to a, a director that you already know, but a different work. So 
they have something from Michael Mann. We talked about Manhunter last uh, last week, but they also have a David Cronenberg movie on there that I I hadn't seen before from 1975 called Shivers. This movie is fucked up. Yeah, man. imagine so. <laughs> is it now? Did he? Was this a major release or did this he? Was, it's Canadian based. I don't know if it's like. Then it wasn't. <laughs> <laughs> and I think it's set in Canada. This movie, first of all, I think it's right up Chris's alley. Yeah. Uh, it's about a syndrome uh, that makes people kind of zombies, but zombies that want to fuck you. Ooh. Yes. My kind of zombies. Yep. It, it combines, they, they say it's a combination of a parasite and an aphrodisiac. Ooh, a paradisiac. So, a paradisiac. <laughs> <laughs> so it's these these people who once they're infected are sex crazed and want to and and once they it's kind of like an it follows thing once i was gonna they, say it's like it follows me it's world war z exactly oh. once they transfer it then that person so becomes not, sex crazed so they're not coming that. after your brains they're coming to fuck out your brain. They're coming, <laughs> out, they're coming out to your loins. That's right. Um, by oh, the way, so awesome. if this wasn't Cronenberg, I would already be all in on this movie. <laughs> but because it's Cronenberg, I'm all out. Well, movie. it's interesting because we were talking about before, Cronenberg is very into the body horror from The Fly, from Videodrome, all that stuff, Crash. Um, and interestingly, like History of Violence, which has nothing to do with it. Mm. But, um, but yeah, this one is kind of in that wheelhouse, but more of a lark and more uh of of the conceptual stuff behind it mm -hmm. uh i had a really really good time where and, and it's perfect for this halloween this uh this scary movie campaign this horrific october that they've got going on uh that that it, it just exposed me to a different movie from source material i was kind of familiar with i laughed my ass off there's <laughs> there's <laughs> There's a spot where the doctor is the main guy, and he's he's trying to avoid being infected with this thing. And this woman, his his nurse, has this real deep conversation about like how everything is erotic and how even living and breathing is erotic, and blah blah blah. And then she goes to kiss him, and he punches her in the face. <laughs> is it? A, it's not. It's not. Certainly not <laughs> advocating against violence. Is it? It's the situation that's he's punching her because she's a sex zombie. Is it on a level? of the wicker man when nicholas cage punches that one chick in that it is a level of unexpectedness that is somewhere around yeah because i was <laughs> i burst out laughing as soon as i saw it it was yeah great. um but yeah that, again that's why we like movie like I, I i've heard of or seen most cronenberg movies mm -hmm. and i've never heard of this yeah, and i had neither and it's and that's a that's a great reason why you should get this type of thing is because it introduces you to stuff like a lot of times it might be a student film or something that they did that just didn't have a wide release or whatever like we saw that uh a few like several months ago with damien chazelle yeah with guy and madeline on a park bench yeah, yeah and all that and uh and so like oh i didn't know that they did that type of movie and it's always like interesting to see where like directors who are hot now you know where they started um, did you say there was a nicholas winding riffin yeah he's got this this whole thing where he's curating like really old uh movies and like you know b movies and campy things like that that he's restoring and there's one on there right now called uh it's called cotton picking chicken pickers <laughs> <laughs> and see again is, is Cronenberg associated with this film? <laughs> no but i i have watched a previous in this series and they're great man it's it, it the stuff that he selects is just wild and fun and stuff that if you're into cinema, like you should watch. Oh, awesome. 
And uh, how much does this cost? Because it sounds really freaking expensive. Well, if you go to movie.com slash CinemaSins, an entire month, completely free. It's a free trial, extended free trial, all the way to 30 days. You're going to be hooked within that 30 days, man. It's it, You're going to be able to experience 60 films if you want to, and it'll blow your mind. Yeah. And uh, so, yeah, go get you some movie. Yes. Get you some. That's right. Then we have um, <laughs> Devil's Advocate. Yeah, <laughs> baby. Yes. New York. Right alongside it, Recawarniest, one of the oh, Recawarniest movies. Oh, learn the subways, Kevin. Yeah. Oh, my God. Only way to travel. <laughs> oh, it's so great. I've seen, I've seen this movie way more than I should have. Dude. And I've seen it. I've seen the ending of this movie. Uh, probably 50 times name uh, you can't name me a movie that is exactly like this movie probably before or afterwards i don't think you can make a movie like this ever again mm. <laughs> again <laughs> again uh you're right uh this comes at the a perfect storm yes where keanu reeves is still trying he's still pre-matrix where he's like we know who he is mm -hmm. but he hasn't done anything since the late 80s and early 90s it's really hit i don't think in in that 90s period there was chain reaction there was johnny mnemonic there was all these movies dracula that, yeah. yeah Dracula, all these movies like that and then al pacino was on sort of a downswing from after his oscar you know, he was, yeah. you know, it, it, he, it was, it'd be a while before Donnie, well, see, Donnie, Donnie Bresco came, Don Bresco came out the same yeah, year. Yeah. So, um, but yeah, Devil's Advocate is just, it's a perfect storm of just, it's insane to put Al Pacino and Keanu Reeves in the same movie. And Charlize Theron. Yeah. And well, and, and before, that's before she's anything either. Really. Well, yeah, but, but it's before she really got her shit together too. Yeah. I mean, no, Kevin, it wasn't the wine. Yeah. It wasn't hearing from my sister. I mean, it's just fucking, Every, I can quote this entire movie. Yeah, I know you right could. Now. It is. I know. It's, uh, yeah, it's one of those movies. It's over dramatic to a comedy fault almost. And then, oh, it's so great. And then, but, at the end of it it's like you know, pacino is hamming it up completely keanu reeves is like trying to match al pacino <laughs> <laughs> oh my that's god that's my job that's what i do i win uh, i rest my case <laughs> uh, but uh, we've talked about devil's advocate a bunch oh, now die hard with a vengeance it was the first time die hard actually made it to new york mm. the first movie was in la the mm -hmm. second one was in dc this one finally gets him back home and uh this was the first movie i ever built wow really and in a movie theater wow uh, um die hard with a vengeance i tried crimson tide the previous week i was not successful hold on this was 93 95 95 so you were how old were you? 18. Oh, you were 18. Okay. Mm -hmm. So you could, I, I wasn't 18 at that point, but you were able to watch it because it was obviously rated R. Yeah. Well, I mean, I, I, at 16, I was watching. I was going to say, nobody at the movie theater gave a shit. So yeah. you could build rated R movies at 16? I, I, I never built, I, no, like, okay. So if, oh, that's right. You weren't building. Until yeah. Then. I wasn't building anything before then. I imagine that if they had allowed me to build or if I was in the position to build movies at that time, I would have watched it too. I mean, I, at sixteen, I mean, remember some of the movies we've talked about in even I think even in New York, Sliver, mm. and uh, and uh, the, I don't know if we've gotten to Color of Night yet, but mm. I was definitely not eighteen when that movie Fuck. came out. Yeah, that movie's <laughs> terrible. 
but uh you know and uh was it uh rising sun too rising sun was another one that had like you know just eyefuls the mm-hmm. for 16 year old me you know i was like <laughs> um so yeah the those were movies i watched when i was 16 and 17 years old uh but um but yeah die hard with a vengeance get back to new york this is this is the one where jeremy irons comes in and he plays hans gruber's brother that's right that's the big secret in the middle of the movie that they've uh and he's playing simon says and it's all this stuff where he's like giving people giving the him and samuel jackson clues where to go and yeah the whole thing is the, these riddles that he keeps sending these you know sending mclean and samuel jackson's character uh through basically to as a big cover-up for a robbery of uh the federal reserve mm-hmm. and um and it's a lot of the shit is this is one of the most preposterous i mean mm-hmm. there's more preposterous diehards to come <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but the, the one where they're, when they, when they're supposed to somehow get, get to the train before it blows up and they have to go over like 90 blocks of mm. New York and everything. And like, none of it makes sense. Like, let's go through the park. Like, yeah. what is the park? The park doesn't get you anywhere fucking near where this train's going and uh and then like uh there's a part where like they they have to call an ambulance to to follow like yeah. whatever and they're like how do you get the ambulance to just time that shit perfectly <laughs> you know i none of that shit makes any sense but i kind of love die hard with a oh, it's fun as hell it's a fun movie right? it is it's i mean it seems pretty clear that they because this one was a script that was not a die hard movie and they adapted the story of a bomber with riddles for john mcclain that kind of shows mm-hmm. uh, and it's about 20 minutes too long i think maybe 25 but mm-hmm. it's super watchable it's cer- certainly better i think overall than the second one mm-hmm. which is a movie that i watched on a fever dream like i had the, <laughs> the flu and a temperature of 103 the first time i saw die hard 2 and it was fucking the best movie ever like <laughs> god directed that movie uh but you know in hindsight yeah i'd probably watch them one three two i agree with that yeah. <laughs> i love the part where the, it's the first riddle he calls him on a payphone or whatever and he's like he's like on the way to Santa Ives, i met a man with seven wives each, each wife had a cat each wife blah, blah, blah. we'll go through the, how many people are going to st ives and like uh samuel jackson goes through all this stuff like oh seven times seven, seven blah, 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 blah. and he's like uh it's uh it's uh the, and they get the phone number through, through this uh how many number mm-hmm. and uh and then so bruce willis is about to call the number and everything and samuel jackson hangs up on him and he's, he's like whoa, whoa, whoa wait wait a minute wait a minute He's like, I forgot about the man. And Bruce Willis is like, f- fuck the man. We got only, f- we, got ten- we got 10 seconds. <laughs> it's just the guy, just the guy going. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah, just yeah, one yeah. guy. Yeah. And, uh, and there's a like, there's a lot of stuff like that. I think I've talked about this on this podcast before, but the, the part where they're like tied to the, like the big, huge bomb on the boat and mm-hmm. everything. Oh, and they're looking for the thing. And they're losing And he's like, Oh, fuck. I dropped the thing. <laughs> you dropped the fucking thing. <laughs> and they just calling it a thing uh, there's he something the nutty about thing. that hey zeus Your yeah name is jesus yeah no, my Christ. name is zeus <laughs> is it godfather hey, of apollo <laughs> don't fuck with me or i'll put a lightning bolt up your ass <laughs> zeus um then we have dirty dancing mm. yeah. yeah this huh? this movie is the is the favorite movie of people are of women our age yes mm, yeah in yeah. fifth grade which is where i was when this movie came out 
I could not stop hearing about Dirty Dancing. Yeah, had a great soundtrack, too. You had Patrick Swayze himself mm-hmm. coming out with a hit with yeah. She's Like the Wind. She's Like the Wind. Mm-hmm. Yep. And he had a good voice. Through My Trees. <laughs> <laughs> I told you the story about the girl in music class, right? Uh, I don't think so. She eat Doritos every day in music class, and one of the songs we studied in music class was this song. Oh, wow. <laughs> and as it was playing... She would get to the part where Patrick Swayze would sing and the girl would sing along, I feel a breath in my face, and Dorito's girl would turn around to me and go, <sighs> Oh, God. I just blow Dorito breath in my face. <laughs> Good for her. Her name was Tracy. <laughs> wow. That's all I remember about uh, Tracy. Uh, I mean, yeah. it's famous for Nobody Puts Baby in a Corner and mm-hmm. I Had the Time of My Life, so yeah. it's definitely enduring. Patrick Swayze, man, had a charmed life. Yeah, he did. Was chiseled out of stone, had a good acting career, had a hit song mm-hmm. yeah you know had that wonderful uh snl sketch yeah yeah definitely i i'm not i'm not a huge fan of this movie but i can see why others might be yeah. uh dog day afternoon Ooh. uh based on a real story um the uh this is this, i i first watched this i didn't like it i don't know oh, why really? don't know why but this movie's great yeah, it's, it's fantastic. Amazing. Yeah, amazing. Uh, it's about a guy who wants to rob a bank in order to get money for his boyfriend to get a sex change. Yeah, yeah, and 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 it sounds like completely ludicrous, but it it was on based on her true story, dude. And this is one of the only John Cazale is in this and mm-hmm. the Godfather movies, yeah. and one other Pacino. Like he's only been in like four or five movies, all of which have been a yeah he Academy had, Award nominated. He, yeah, he he has this uh, unbelievable track record. He unfortunately died early. Mm-hmm. I think he had cancer or something like that. But uh, but he was also engaged to Meryl Streep at one point. Oh yeah, that's right. Uh, but uh, but yeah, he's in a, all these like great movies and everything. Uh, but uh, yeah, Dog Day Afternoon. Uh, it's a it's a heist movie and uh, it's. Well, uh, i guess it's a hostage movie yeah hostage um but al pacino is fucking fearless in this movie Mm. he kind of is man you love him from the very beginning well and it's what's weird is that i I, you can see late stage al pacino in this performance Mm -hmm. there's some screaming there's some posturing but it's like he ah, he's unencumbered by fame and accolades enough to know exactly when to dial it back and when to let it out. It's it's one of the best perform my favorite performances of Pacino's. I agree. I agree. Yeah. It, and it holds up, man. This movie holds the fuck up. It really up. does, man. Because, well, again, a lot of, well, I think it was probably made in like the modern era, right? Like when was this movie made? In the 80s? 75. 75. And it was set in like the 70s, right? Mm-hmm. So it, I was going to call it a period piece, but my point is it's not. It wasn't right. made as a period piece, but it holds up well because it looks like the time period it was set. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm not looking for any cell phones. Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Sydney Lumet again. That's right. Uh, then Donnie Brasco. I know we all love Donnie Brasco in this room. Ooh, wow, snap. there's a lot of Pacino in here, man. Yeah, man. Uh, I mean, you could argue. I mean, Pacino had that great stretch with Godfather, Dog Day Afternoon, and Godfather Two. Um, and then you know, yeah, you dozens all that. of other Serpico and Justice Serpico. for All, all that, yeah. Um, but that 1997 man between Donnie Brasco and Devil's Advocate, where you could not play more opposite characters. Yeah, he's subdued, he's muted, and Donnie Brasco uh, versus being John Milton and uh, the Devil's Advocate. You could make an argument he had to do both of those movies the same year. Yeah, he couldn't have done one, he couldn't have done either of them without doing the other one because he needed. 
to have been all that amped up on Devil's Advocate in order to get some dude for <laughs> Donnie Brasco. Just it out. Mm-hmm. This may be uh, Johnny Depp before the Pirates and all that stuff um, had a lot of good performances, Edward Scissorhands and all that stuff. But this one may be one of my favorites. In uh, fact, yeah, maybe my favorite uh, overall. It's I, th- I feel like it's the perfect center of you know his sort of indie early career where he was always great in these weird movies and this sort of you know mainstream Johnny Depp that morphed into this Pirates of the Caribbean Johnny Depp um, because he he gets to act his ass off but it's mm-hmm. a mainstream film. Um, and it's yeah. not over the top like Ed Wood is, even though that's a great performance, too. Yeah. This is just there's nowhere to hide in this role, basically. But one of the things that I, I like to think about sometimes is how hard it must be because they sh- they don't shoot movies in order in general mm-hmm. um, for cost reasons. Um, and, you know, to be able to to show the subtle shift because Donnie starts out pretty wholesome. Oh, yeah. He's going after the criminals and he's putting on his gangster airs. And by the end of it. I'm not sure he knows how much of him is real gangster and how much of him is cop. I think he may have he may have pulled the trigger on that. Deal. He may have gone all the way. Yeah. 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 But you it's a subtle shift. And imagine having to film those scenes out of order mm-hmm. and be Johnny Depp going, OK, so today I'm 70 percent of the way to gangster. <laughs> yeah. It's just it makes me appreciate his work even more in this movie when you think about that, because mm-hmm. uh, he's got to show that arc all the way through. Whereas lefty is just lefty all the way. Mm-hmm. He doesn't really have an arc anyway. Yeah. It's a fucking fugazi. Yeah, yeah. I know, wh- I know what a fugazi is. Why are you saying this is this is my thing? That's a beautiful thing, but this is my thing. <laughs> um. Then we have Elf. Oh, I like this movie. This movie's actually New York as fuck, dude. This has gotten a cult. It's gotten such a cult status that it's now like Christmas canon. Yeah. I think it should be. Yeah. Yeah. It's adorable. I'm not sure there's like uh, if we're putting modern Christmas movies into canon. As calling them classics. Mm-hmm. What else are you going to put there? Mm. Probably the Santa Claus, right? I would say Scrooged. Probably. Well, yeah, but even that's probably outside what I would call modern. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah you're right. You're right. Um, and this one, Elf, and then maybe something like Nightmare Before Christmas, mm-hmm. which most people are going to argue with me. It's not a Christmas. I don't give a shit. Um, but yeah, if, 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 we watch. My wife and I watch it every year. Yeah, um, we do too. And it's it's sort of the Will Ferrell charm before he kind of. You know, got a little high on his own thing. It's, <laughs> you know, it's Favreau giving us the right amount, the right mix, right? He gets to play opposite James Caan. He puts him opposite Bob Newhart. Uh, Peter Dinklage. Yeah. And it's just, it's good, good it's stuff. Well, the, and Kyle from Tenacious D's. Oh, this yeah, movie. that's right. Yeah. yeah. Um, and it's it's a great, simple story. Zoe, Zoe Deschanel's in this. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and the only time it really kind of starts to lose me is towards the very end. When they're all singing out on the street and the reporters out there, and I'm just like, all right, I'm done. Yeah, <laughs> let's move on. But everything up until there's just enough laughs mixed in with the charm, it just works for me, man. Yeah, I agree. Uh, John Carpenter's Escape from New York. Mm-hmm. Um, do you put this up there as one of the the better Carpenter movies? Uh, let's see, I put Halloween and then the, uh, thing. I, the thing, and then They Live, mm-hmm. and then maybe even The Fog. Yeah, mm. see, this would be down the list for me. Yeah, uh, I, it's fun though. It's a fun movie. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, Kurt Russell, Snake Plissken is is just that's just a oh. perfect. Uh, Didn't Carpenter also make Big Trouble Little China? He did. So that would mm. go above this too. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, he also made Starman, which I might even put over this. Ah, uh, um, probably would too. Yeah. yeah. Mm. 
Um, but, uh, but yeah, this is a fun movie. Mm-hmm. I mean, this is, this is a good old fashioned B movie, man. Yeah. You know, it's, uh, it's, uh, it's perfectly fine as what it is and yeah. everything. Uh, then we have, um, Eyes Wide Shut, which is sort of a New York in a dream type of thing. Intentionally, people. Uh, intentionally. I know that it doesn't look like actual New York. Well, you know, even Scorsese himself in one of those Kubrick documentaries that I've seen is like, he's like, this is like, you know, Ice White Shut is, is in New York, but it's like New York in a dream. You've yeah. never, you've never even been in this part of New York ever, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. And, and, uh, but yes, it's, it's New York. Um, and it's, but it's just not, you know, I think the whole thing was shot in London. Yeah. Well, and, most of it was. And it and was then, shot on the, uh, Pinewood studios yeah, yeah. or, you know, and, uh, but, but yeah, they've made a, uh, you know, sort of like a, if you've been to New York one time and then tried to draw a sketch from it type of New York. God, I'm going to watch this movie tonight. I'm yeah. just saying, yeah, I'm going through <laughs> mentally all the stuff that I love about this movie and realize it's been a, a minute since I've seen it and I'm going to watch it again. Yeah. It's I love Eyes Wide Shut. I'm going to move on because we are getting later and later here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Final Destination. I forgot that was a New York movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's got to be upstate though, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Not in, in, the, in the New York City proper. No. Like uh, so Final Destination 1 and 2 were both in New York. I think it was upstate. And it's 2 that has that wonderful opening scene, right? The, the car the, crash. The highway yeah, scene. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. With oh, a that, log, log truck and everything. That's worth... The entire series being in existence alone. I agree. That's such a great. I just watched the third one yesterday. Oh my god! Uh, That's the Mary Elizabeth Elizabeth Winstead one, right? Winstead is in that, and those two girls burned to death in the tanning. Oh, oh yeah! I know. I know. Oh, and oh, and another. Just here's an excuse for some nudity. Now let's burn them to death. (laughs) Uh, But like uh, the, the Final Destination has a pretty pretty cool like that first one especially because afterwards it becomes more of a gimmick but like you see your the characters the main characters die right off the bat and then at the like the tail end of that death or whatever it always sucks back into the main character the very main character's eyeball or whatever and he's like i have a premonition of this happening and then he like is somehow able to get all of his friends to not get on the plane and everything before it blows up. It's such a great premise. It's yeah. such a cool premise. And I enjoyed the first one. I I think I enjoyed the second one, too. Yeah. That's even outside of that uh, that car crash. Yeah. yeah. No, I think the first two are, are, are it's safe to say they're enjoyable. Mm-hmm. But round number three is where it starts to go. If you've ever seen the fourth one, which I believe is just called The, the Final yeah, Destination. Yeah, which is the, <laughs> the, 3D, the, the 3D one. Yes, that they came and out boy, with. howdy, is it bad. Like, yeah. it's a 3D movie, and they spent half a million dollars on it like it t- their big their big disaster is at a fucking car race like a nascar but they literally only have nine actors in any of the shots <laughs> yeah. and it shows like it is bad they have to have that like one scene where somebody's face is basically getting like rolled down like toilet paper on yes. the, with a tire, <laughs> with, a tire. <laughs> with a tire yeah. uh but yeah i, I like that so, and the, yeah it's you know he's cheated death because he has this premonition and then like uh, death still is coming after them as like that is a great premise and and it's it's all the fake outs that really make it to where you're like oh that's how it's gonna happen that's how it's gonna happen yeah which of course gets stupid in the later ones yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) but but in the first one it's fun oh yeah yeah we can go through like did any has has anybody here seen funny face oh yeah i have not barbara streisand oh I, i was thinking of the Audrey Hepburn, Fred Astaire one. Uh, so, so no. <laughs> uh, funny make, girl. Funny girl. Yes, that's what I was thinking. Oh, funny face is the Audrey Hepburn then. 
Oh, the Funny Girl is the Funny Barbara Girl Streisand. is the Barbara Streisand. Okay, I've seen Funny Face okay. then. Yeah, <laughs> Funny Face. Okay, Funny Face, Audrey Hepburn movie. Oh, yeah, it's great. It's fantastic. It's Audrey Hepburn. I'd said that she played against tight uh, when she played Holly Golightly in uh, Breakfast at Tiffany's. But this is one where she's really subverting herself. She wants to get out in the world. She wants to be- live this Greenwich Village life and everything and experience philosophy and art and things like that. And Fred Astaire is her counterpart to where he's trying to make sure that she's living you know, a, a regular life and not getting too far into this. But in the process of it, he gets exposed to this whole thing, too. So uh, he also knows that the, the guy that she's searching after for answers is a con man, essentially. Hmm. So it's got a Fred Astaire, a few Fred Astaire dance numbers. I could watch that guy dance mm-hmm. forever. Yeah. He was so perfectly built to dance mm-hmm. like michael jackson basically yeah. he really was uh and it's it's just gorgeous to watch so it's it, a strong recommend hmm. uh then we have the freshman which is marlon brando matthew broderick this is marlon brando's attempt to ape his gangster persona yep do you like this movie i yeah. fucking love this movie <laughs> this is a great movie <laughs> it's a great movie yeah. they're gonna eat a goddamn komodo <laughs> dragon <laughs> which has gone through the mall but I, <laughs> I love this movie yeah man you uh, i i don't think it has quite the critical reception it does not um and i think it it you know maybe film fans in general don't like it as much as we do but there's something about there's something about that uh that playing off of those two broderick and old man brando brando, <laughs> brando yes that just works for me uh and it's 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 that manic out of his depth, you know, I just love it. Yeah. Oh, it's great. Bruno Kirby's great in this. Yeah, which is funny. He was in Godfather 2, right? Is that Bruno Kirby? Yeah, yeah. Godfather he was a young Bruno yeah, Kirby. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, uh-huh. But uh, yeah, The Freshman is good. It's yeah, it's a, yeah, definitely just a play on uh, Don Corleone in this in this whole thing. It is such a play because the fucking Mr. Mr. What is his name from the Jeffersons? is the, oh, the yeah, teacher Richard Bentley Richard or... Bentley is literally showing Godfather 2 in class in his class and he's like he's they had that uh, that moment when uh, Fredo and Michael kiss mm-hmm. and he's like this is the kiss that seals his fate and everything and then uh Penelope and Miller comes in and uh gets Matthew Broderick out of there and it's like Car- I'm, I'm whatever her name Sabatini and he's like the Sabatini and if it's such an obvious play on this character yeah. that shouldn't work as well as it is, but it it does. Well, I think it works because he plays it straight. Brando does. It's Brando's so, yeah. not playing it he's like, like a joke. Nuts in his yeah, head. yeah. And he keeps like he's like, you want sugar in your coffee? And he keeps pouring and pouring and pouring. He's like, okay, I guess that's fine. <laughs> I love this movie. So yeah, much. um, you know, we talked about it maybe not being a critical darling or anything, but I've heard a lot of critics say that they love this movie. Oh, really? Now it's got a six point five on the IMDb, which means there are a lot of people who don't like this at all. But um, I I remember uh, the Tennessean Gene Wyatt gave it a four star review when it came out. Hmm. Um, but you, I mean, it may not be. It may be mixed uh, overall the country and everything. Maybe they were it. thinking of the song. Oh, could be. For the life of me, <laughs> I cannot remember. Yeah, that that Verve Pipe song that came out, what, seven years later, yes. I guess? Yeah. <laughs> they, they were definitely thinking of that. Did you say Paul Benedict was the, the actor? I said the Richard teacher? Benedict, but it's Paul Benedict. It's Paul Benedict, and it also has Frank Whaley and B.D. Wong, early B.D. Wong. Yeah. Uh, B.D. Wong! <laughs> <laughs> I'm always going to say his name like that from now on. 
then we have guys and dolls. I've never seen that. Oh, oh really? Yeah. When you see a guy with stars in the sky, mm-hmm. you can bet he's on the doing it for some doll. <laughs> uh, I love this one. Now, yeah, that's great. Uh, a lot of it is the music. Uh, the obviously guys and dolls. Uh, but because uh, I don't really have that much affection for Brando or uh, Frank Sinatra. Really? I really what? don't. What? Not in general. Really? I don't I don't hate them. I'm just not drawn to like my, growing up my mom was a big Bing Crosby fan. So where normal kids would have been shown Frank Sinatra stuff or heard his music, I was watching Bing and listening to his music. Mm-hmm. Um but yeah, no, uh I really liked it. I liked it a lot. It's it's long as fuck. It's like five and a half hours long. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it is it is long. Um, it's 150 minutes, so two and a half hours. Yeah, and you feel every single one of those minutes. Well, yeah, because he watched it somewhat recently, right? Again, yeah, about and, ten years ago, maybe. Yeah, uh, and then I think Chris mentioned in the, the the last time we talked about this, there was this epic feud between Brando and Sinatra. Oh, with uh, the cheesecake. It was, and and I think we determined. I'm gonna have to go back and look at this again. That Sinatra was the good guy in this. Like Brando was pissed off because Sinatra was this singer that they brought in mm-hmm. uh, to to act against you know uh this this thespian and sinatra just told him to fucking cool it or something like that also perhaps the most famous seinfeld episode ever the one where they are mistaken as a gay couple george and jerry it's guys and dolls not guys and guys guys. guys. he goes because he gives him the tickets george gives him the tickets he's like "Uh, isn't that a lavish broadway music oh my god not that there's anything wrong with that Uh, that that episode was simultaneously progressive and regressive exactly yep. well that's what uh, seinfeld did to a t yeah yeah right because it's progressive that's why i, I always i like quoting the one about the the soup kitchen when he's dating the girl that works at the soup kitchen and he's like do the bums ever complain like soup again <laughs> like, what makes seinfeld funny is his middle class well not anymore white person's perspective on all these other areas of <laughs> yes. life, but the bluntness with which he says it yeah. makes it both progressive and regressive. Yeah, anyway. I've also never seen Hair, but uh, Milos Forman directed <sighs> this. Have you I seen? I love this movie so much. I've never seen the play itself mm-hmm. either. Uh, this is a this is a pretty powerful movie. Like yep. it gets parodied a lot and mm-hmm. stuff like that. Uh, but it's got a great soundtrack. It's got a very anti-war message. Mm-hmm. This uh, kind of middle of the road. Uh, I think he actually gets drafted. This kid. Uh, falls in with a bunch of hippies in uh, Greenwich Village again, I think. Um, and they open his eyes. I think the combination of drugs and sex and free love and mentality and philosophy and stuff like that. And it it hit me for some reason more so than just like a regular musical. And it's it's totally worth watching. Wasn't it it's like performed nude? Yes. Uh, the very end of it is the the dawn of Aquarius. This is the dawning of the yeah. Age of in fact, uh, that was a I think that was a thing that uh, Broadway they you couldn't you couldn't have naked bodies on stage unless they stood still. <laughs> it was a weird rule. Is that what it was? Yeah, it was a weird rule. Like as long as you didn't move, the nudity was fine. Oh, that's crazy. Yeah, we'll have to look into this, but I think that's the only way they could get away with that on Broadway. Oh, wow. Was that they were all naked, but they couldn't, I guess they could sing, but they couldn't walk or do any that's of that. That's crazy. Um, but yeah, it's it's very, very good. This is 1979, I believe. Yeah, 1979. Um, and uh, got a, a decent cast. Treat Williams and Beverly D'Angelo are the main ones. Um, and uh, 
It's worth why this is another one that I'd like to rewatch because mm-hmm. uh, it's been a while since I've seen it. Uh, then we have the happening. <laughs> <laughs> Just by saying the title. Yeah. <laughs> uh, have you ever met somebody that defends this movie? Mm, no, I mean, I guess I have seen people who are like because it's so it's so over the top goofy in its earnestness and everything especially the you know the no all that type of thing um i i guess there are people who enjoy it on that level but i don't know if there's anybody who's been like defended it as this is a great movie well i've seen it on think pieces online as everything is but i've also run into some people that like unironically will enjoy this movie and i've seen it probably three or four times trying to watch it ironically like i did with or or parodically as uh like i did the second time with starship troopers mm-hmm. uh tried to watch it honestly again then just tried to i think i was drunk one time uh and i it's there's no redeeming value to this movie yeah. that i can find mm. and this is also one of those things too where you know because there was a big the big mis- the the disappearance of the bees mm-hmm. and all that it's why you don't make a movie i know that you could still you can still fudge details whatever you want to do but we've we've since found out why the bees were disappearing (laughs) and 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 like this movie is making it out to be some like part of this happening that's (laughs) going on uh this uh i guess it's a global warming uh climate change i don't even know man I don't even know. It's the fucking air. It's yeah. the fucking air. Yeah. It's 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 like that uh, Radiohead video, like the Radiohead music video only is a huge like movie about it, right? <laughs> this Stupid. guy, though, man, M. Night is something like he's he's charmed or something because he made The Sixth Sense and Unbreakable mm-hmm. and then Signs, mm-hmm. which for the most part, most people liked all three of those and they all made a bunch of money. Then he made a bunch of turd movies, mm-hmm. a good handful of them. Then he made that The Visitor or The Visit or something, that horror movie mm-hmm. that was pretty average, but everybody was like, M. Night might be back. Yep. Then he made Split, which is pretty average. Yes, it if is. If it doesn't have a whammy ending that ultimately doesn't fit the rest of the movie. Yeah. Now they got glass trailers coming out and everybody's like, oh, I'm so in. He's back. And I'm like, okay, but did you see the happening? Because I've he's made more shit. Yes. Then good stuff. After Earth, Last Airbender, The Village, Lady in the Water, like the happening. That, yeah, there's a there's a lot of stuff in the middle. And we're that just that that, it speaks to how much we either adored his early work, or just how forgettable his bullshit movies were. That we have so quickly jumped back as a film universe to. I'm ready. It's going to yeah. be great. Well, I think it's because it harkens back to one of his early successes. If if he wrote something in the split that somehow tied into the sixth sense they probably would have the same reaction okay so that's it. actually a really good point it's because i think unbreakable is probably his best movie mm-hmm. but it's it, it's tying back into that and what? that's why I remember when ready. i was good <laughs> but i mean go it, back to that too i mean bruce willis has shown he phones it in a lot sure. these days and even sam jackson is not exactly mr reliable mm-hmm. Now the trailers for Glass are amazing. By the way, I'm glad you tweeted that that uh, that they're amazing. But you wish you haven't watched it. I haven't watched any of those trailers because you actually said. Okay, that. good because the, well, the first one was fine, but the second one, I know now having seen that trailer. Well, never mind. You haven't seen any trailers. I don't want to. I know roughly what's going to happen in the first third of the movie hmm. because of how they shot that trailer, and it looks cool. I can't wait to see it. 
but I'm going to be a little less surprised because yeah. I don't know. And then what's weird is that they edited together a series of beats. It's frustrating. When you see the movie, we'll talk about it. Anyway, yeah. don't watch those trailers. They fun. give away too much. Uh, then there is Haywire. This is the Steven Soderbergh uh, action flick with Gina Carano. Is this ultimately like really good or is this overrated? Eh, well, seems like people mm, hang their hats on saying that this is a really good movie. Uh, I don't know if I've ever heard anybody love this movie, but uh, I thought the action is okay in it. Sure. Gina Carano is not an actress. Though. No, Gina Carano mm. watched Studio 54 and thought Ryan Phillippe was a fucking awesome actor. <laughs> yeah. And that's the problem, because what I think people praise about Haywire are the stunts and the action, and mm -hmm. they do it because, well, it's Gina Carano. She's able to do more and do more of her own stunts, and it's more visceral. And I'm like, yeah, I can't buy anything coming out of her mouth. Hmm. pulls me out of the movie i don't think she has a whole lot of dialogue in this though well it's even the stand and stare doesn't work for me like she's <laughs> yeah. sasha gray levels of not a good actress yeah, that's true and uh you know more power to you and even even when we've seen her later and stuff like deadpool and mm -hmm. all that uh i've never really i mean she's serviceable i guess in what she does but you know it's it does kind of i don't know i don't know if it takes me out of it or anything but she is the one carrying this yeah she's uh, the main she's in almost every scene in that yeah. movie mm -hmm. and uh you have meanwhile you have people like michael fassbender and ewan mcgregor and all that Channing uh, tatum yeah Channing i was gonna tatum. say one of Channing tatum's i'll tell you what this movie surprised me because i had very very low expectations going into it uh i even probably didn't realize that soderbergh had directed it mm. um and i i enjoyed it because it was better than I was expecting. I'll tell you what, if you if I had been able to watch it without knowing it was Soderbergh, that might have made a difference. Yeah, yeah. And I have seen people, I don't remember uh, who it was, but uh, that, that that say they legitimately liked this movie, like a lot. Mm -hmm. um, and it just seemed like uh, it had been overrated overall. I don't know what the, we'll have to look up what the, the score is. Yeah, IMDb's got it at 5.8, so I don't... That's I don't about right. That seems about right, yeah. yeah. Um, then we have Highlander. One, uh, one, uh, Michelle Ramirez or whatever the fuck it is. Yeah, I don't understand this character. It's the fucking Scottish most Sean Scottish person ever. Sean Connery comes in there, jumping over the Frenchman who's supposed to be the Scotsman right. on his horse, and he's like, "I'm, I'm one Marie uh, Ramirez." Yeah, and it's and then he's they're I'm from not Spain. Even, they're not even trying. No, I'm from Spain, and then he's like, "You." You you almost uh, knocked me over, you Spanish peacock yeah, motherfucker! Yeah. And he's like, "I'm not, I'm not Spanish. I'm Egyptian." Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's almost like they knew how ridiculous it was that he was playing Spaniard, <laughs> and they were like, "Let's make it even more ridiculous." Oh my god! But uh, Highlander. I mean, it's not like Connery hasn't done this plenty of times. I mean, well, the, October is yeah, yeah. playing. <laughs> playing russian at least he tried i think like it, it, it's not a great russian accent obviously but i think he, at least he tried it seems like it's one of those that fades over the course yeah. of the movie. He sounds fine actually i think he sounds fine when his character speaks russian but when he right. starts speaking english is when that scottish brogue sort of comes yeah, back yeah yeah um <laughs> but a garbage movie uh but yeah highlander is uh is a is an actioner from the 80s that you know has a huge cult status, especially with people who are not only our age, but older, I'd say. Mm -hmm. uh, and, uh, you know, it's the type of movie that can only exist in the 80s. Yeah. It's got a bitchin' soundtrack, yeah. but, man, there's so many weird things that... Clancy Brown's whole thing yeah. is weird. 
But there's a part where uh, Christopher Lambert stabs himself to get laid. Yeah. He stabs mm-hmm. himself and, and says that he's immortal. Yeah. And then immediately this chick is jumps like, into bed oh, with him. Oh, yeah. You must be immortal. You stabbed yourself. And then there's this weird cut to like a shadow nipple, like a sh- clear shadow nipple, mm-hmm. like, a, like a Trent Reznor with the microphone yeah, on the, yeah, yeah, the, yeah. Her, the closer video. Yeah. And Christopher Lambert like slowly gives it a licking little, Gives it a little lick. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> But like, yeah, this is one of those movies where they're, it's like, oh, it's cool. There's sword fighting. And there's like, this, these powerful beings are like fighting and to, to be the one, the one and all. And you know, it's, it, everybody's like, there can be only one and all that. And it's like, what, what, how'd this set get set up? Yeah. Like, Seriously. who set this up and who decided that it was, you know, like, like oh we're gonna have to wait centuries to finally get to this point it happens all within like a matter of days yeah and it seems like the only person who's interested in being the one is clancy brown (laughs) yeah okay it's the quickening yeah and then the gathering (laughs) yeah exactly. and then the happening right (laughs) exactly (laughs) and then the fappening (laughs) the fappening yes uh Uh, i'll end end on the h's okay uh home alone 2 lost in new york Uh, um man i don't there's a soft spot i was watching home alone the original one the other day and macaulay culkin in both of those movies is so adorable Mm -hmm. he is he is so perfectly cast and he's so he he's 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 honest and he's innocent even in the second one where you know it's just the hunt for more money it's preposterous this whole thing Mm -hmm. i can watch it every year they forgot kevin again (laughs) we did it again yeah (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> um but yeah and uh and then yeah he suddenly he just acclimates himself to new york he like knows a, the fuck out of new yeah, york he does well, this just, was like i mean this was pretty fast turnaround for the era right like it was pretty mm-hmm. unheard of because didn't they like green light the sequel like almost immediate because he almost doesn't age if you look at the two movies yeah i think yeah, it, he filmed it the next I year i think it's a year yeah, yeah. a year they after just turned it, it around actually maybe right two at. it came out in 92 the first one was 90 yeah yeah so but two I think years they filmed it right afterwards but they i mean they did a- another good job of the supporting cast with tim curry in a great role mm-hmm. and uh rob schneider even um won't even mention the cameo in the fucking plaza hotel mm-hmm. but um and then, you know, Joe Pesci and, and uh, Daniel Stern are always fun. Mm-hmm. The old guy at the toy store is, is fun. Like, I don't know. There's This movie is objectively not good at all. But Agreed. There's a, mm-hmm. But there's like a little soft spot in my heart. That's okay. It. As long as you're not talking about the third one. <laughs> no, uh, the third one is awful. Well, yeah. yeah. That's why I said as long as you're not talking about the third <laughs> yeah. one. Uh, okay, so we're going to end there. We're going to have a part three. We <laughs> thought we could get this done in two parts, but we lied. Man, I, sorry. If, if this is not good for you, I, I apologize, but we're, <laughs> we're enjoying it. How, how, how many people have, have come out to you and said the, this is not their, they're back all of my college girlfriends no no actually what well, i've only seen it a few times and when i see it it's almost always because they're people that aren't from america so they don't have a connection to the states or an understanding of the difference between the states like if you're in fucking australia it's probably harder to connect to our road trip through the states but that's why i think teasing a space road trip yeah. and a canada road trip and a Central America road trip is is worth exploring. Well, uh, there's that, and also New York is so internationally known. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's not like we're spending three episodes in Nebraska, or yeah. something like that. That would be yeah <laughs> egregious. But but 
you know, I and I I know I know that I'm not trying to single anybody out or anything like that, but I, the main thing that I hear about it is that we're just going through movies and they it's just like an almost long recommend warn type of section or whatever. Uh, I don't know. I I don't look at it that way. I, I mm. see more as movies that we may not think of that we get a chance to talk about finally. And, you know, there are a bunch on this list that I should watch and I never have thought about before. Like The Happening. No, the, uh, <laughs> there's, a, there's a bunch on the list and everything. I'm like, oh, yeah, I need to see that. Like Hair. I didn't know mm-hmm. Milo Schwarman did that until I, until this, this episode. So, um, you know, I, I like that idea of it. it. I feel like it's no different than if we just were talking about movies in general. Mm-hmm. Yeah, just any with, topic. Just take the road trip out mm-hmm. and then just, hey, let's talk about some movies that would be the same sort of deal. Yep. But that'll do it for this week. Uh, keep going to uh, Facebook, the uh, Sincast presented by Cinema, CinemaSense uh, Facebook page. Keep going to SoundCloud, uh, CinemaSense Twitter, Reddit. There are many places that you can come and comment on this very episode. And guess what? We have a Patreon. We've yep. talked about this the last two episodes. We're live, man. And not only are we live and launched and all that stuff, you can you can sign up for perks today if you want to. But we just did our first hangout session for mm. October for our patrons, and it was flipping awesome. Yeah, we had a really good time. We're going to do it at least once a month. Um and there are three levels of perks. We're trying to keep it simple. Um, we're trying to provide things that we think you might actually want. So a live video chat, hang out with us, uh, early access to sins videos and podcasts. Um, and we're going to evolve and grow. But if you would like to come support us and uh, help us pay for things like TV sins and whatnot, uh, that'd be great. Yeah. And, and uh, if you obviously if you've stuck around this long, you like the podcast. There will be bonus content coming from our podcast, too. Uh, there's one uh, poll up there right now asking what movie we should watch uh, for November to do a mini pod. But there'll be other bonus content that only patrons can get to. Uh, so we'll be kind of, again, growing that and adding that later on. So sign up today if you can. Uh, we really, really appreciate it. Uh, this has been a fun and edifying experience for me, I think, for all of us so far it gives us more connection with you fine people. So. Yeah, and uh, I think we're thinking about maybe doing it at different times the, as far as the uh, the hangouts mm-hmm. are concerned and everything so that it, more people can, can join. Because, you know, yeah, I mean, we are doing it here in the middle of the day in the United States. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we had somebody who was 3 o'clock in the morning. <laughs> in Australia. In Australia yeah. watching. Uh, and also, we should note, I didn't know, understand this fully until recently, is that that video is saved in the Patreon feed. If you, you missed it, you can still sign up and you will gain access to that video chat and all past video chats. Um, so yeah, check it, was it fun. out. See if it's for you. Yep. Yeah, That'll do it for this week. It's Chris Atkins and Jeremy Scott and Barrett Share. We'll see you next time. Thanks for listening. Comment on our episodes on our SoundCloud page. Check us out on YouTube, Twitter, Facebook, and Reddit. And be sure to visit cinemasins.com. It's everything, too, man. I still get people on the regular who respond to a tweet and just be like, you're married? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I've only been tweeting out vignettes about my wife for five years, but yes, I'm married. That was fun. That was fun. Let's do more. Let's do more. Let's- Next one, I'm going to do it with a, with a, a mankini on. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
Or I like how it took you a second to get there. Well, I knew well, I couldn't. Find, I couldn't think of the word. I was doing my Jeremy brain fart. By the way, I perfected the idea after I left last time. The sling blade. She shouldn't be. He shouldn't be telling lines from other things. Other like things like Seinfeld. It should be sling blade messing up jokes mm-hmm. from other movies. <laughs> yeah, like the yeah. way he messes up the joke. And so if he was going to tell the Shane Black joke in Predator, sling blade would be like. I was eating out my girlfriend. I said you had a big pussy. <laughs> yeah. Only I said it twice. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> right. Yeah, and so you could yeah. you could do a whole video or a bit, a vignette, a SNL skit of Sling Blade <laughs> doing stand up, and he just mistelling everybody else's jokes. That would, that would be awesome. I can't even like type in what Snendectity would Snendect. Sen- okay, so Sen- I'm I'm legit curious. My uncle used to live in a city called Schenectady, and when I was there, we called it Schenectady. Then this movie comes out, and I'm pretty sure it's Schenectady, but then everybody keeps calling it Synodosh. Okay, so Schenectady, yes, is a proper town in New York. Schenectady is a different word that he used as i think it is ironically uh, a synecdoche of schenectady uh, and, and uh so it's s-y-n-d-e-c-d-o-c-h-e the concept of yeah synecdoche wherein part of something represents the whole or vice versa uh, so it's a clever it's a clever it's a play on words on schenectady yeah, but how did you ever even come across that word, though? I would never have. It's Charlie Kaufman, Charlie Kaufman man. man. That motherfucker. He's got four projects in development. One is Slaughterhouse-Five. Oh, interesting. Oh, seriously? Yep. That's going to be fucking awesome. Um, so, Could be. I mean... That, oh, I am aroused right now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, they're out of Stephen King book- books to make. Now they've moved back on to Vonnegut and some of the oh, older classic Oh, my God. Authors. That's perfect for him. So, yes, while he, he got his sort of um, his boost from being in Spike Jones movies, you could also argue Spike Jones got a boost from Charlie Kaufman. Yeah, man. And that working relationship is what boosted both of them because still people, I don't think very many people outside of music video nerds knew who Spike Jones was. No. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and, and both of them work really sporadically. Like mm-hmm. Spike Jones hasn't come out with anything since I don't think since her was the last one. Her. He and did that. that was, he did that Apple video. That yeah. Was, that was the last thing I've seen. We're not counting that. No. He, uh, it, it, I mean, her was what? Five years ago, maybe. Uh, 2013? 2014? 2014? It was 2013. 2013. Uh, so he 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 does that where he you know he's not one of those guys who feels like I've got to get out with something every yeah. every year or else I'm irrelevant and, and everything. He comes out with stuff every five or six years. Did you see that news I tweeted reaction to last night that he's going to make a he's in the next in talks to be in the next Taylor um, Sheridan movie? Oh yeah yeah. Mm. Chris, and I, my response to the deadline tweet was, "You had me at next Taylor Sheridan movie." Mm-hmm. Yep. <laughs> Did you like Wind River? Um, still haven't seen it. I haven't either. It's, 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 I think it's, it's even on Netflix, and I still haven't seen yeah. it. I, I mean, got, I have I got the Blu-ray. I've I, seen it. It's I good. now call it a stack of shame that's on my desk <laughs> because the Big Short is in there. Mm. Um, you ever seen Big Short? 
it's a stack of shame, okay. Barrett. I, that didn't, I just didn't realize point. that you, you had I do not need extra shame. In fact, <laughs> Phantom Thread was in that stack until HBO, thankfully, decided to start airing it and I could take it out of the stack. Isn't There's it? something about putting in a goddamn Blu-ray that is a commitment to two I hours agree. of my life, whereas something on HBO, I can go, well, maybe I'll watch it. Maybe I won't. Maybe if I'm into it, I can pause it and still go outside and do whatever I want. I don't know. It's just... There's a, I agree. I agree. You're it's right. It's easier. That's why I watch a lot of shit on HBO. Do you like Phantom Thread? I think Phantom Thread is a cinematic achievement. Yeah. Um, I have a hard time spending so much time with such an asshole. Like, he's yeah. just a fucking... When he says he's admiring his own gentlemanliness for eating it the way she's prepared the asparagus that was the moment he lost me completely up until then he had been a prick but at that point he was evil yes and and i know some people out there find some poetic beauty in the fact that he ultimately agrees to be poisoned so that he can be a more of a proper partner but he makes the change before the first time he gets sick and because he he's pushing her away that's the ultimate like I, you know, that, that dinner scene, which is so brilliant, is him pushing her away. You can see, like, distress on his face where he's like, I'm saying things that I probably shouldn't say that I know I probably shouldn't say. Yeah. But I'm going to say them because this is how I am. Mm-hmm. I'm going to push you away. And then when you have that moment of solidarity when he gets sick the first time and doesn't know how it came came to be. I understand. I understand where you're at. I'm not, again, that's what I'm saying is I'm not <laughs> judging anybody who doesn't see it the way I do. I just feel like. What am I supposed to what am I supposed to take away from this? I feel like I've seen plenty of tortured genius guy as an asshole, but someone finds a way to love him stories before. Mm, yeah, it's essentially a romantic comedy in a way, in a way. <laughs> and like I said, in the live video chat we just did, I've seen it three times now. There's something drawing me to it. And his performance is oh, it's amazing. I love like, the scene uh, in there where like there she's not quite sure how he feels about her and everything and so like there's a she's modeling that dress for the first time yeah and like she's she's out there she's getting you know doing all the poses or whatever and there's the scene and, and it we don't know what's going on in the scene right away but the camera goes across her then down to him and he's like looking at her with this admiration like like oh he really likes her doesn't he and then you find out that they're just being photographed <laughs> yeah or whatever yeah, yeah. and he's like okay we got done with those now <laughs> all right you know? although i do love i'll do give the movie points for their the when they meet and he orders breakfast and they're <laughs> clearly they, they're flirting and like each other um uh, that scene is immaculate mm-hmm. like i feel like a high school kid with a crush in that scene, especially when he's like, and some sausages. Yes. He's, he ordered everything, he's ordered everything, including tea. I'll have a whole pot of Lapsang tea and some sausages. And she even smirks like, oh, I love that scene. And she's great. It's, uh, it's almost it's almost a shame that she had to be in the movie with him because he's so great. He I ultimately agree. overshadows her, but uh, she's doing so much more work i think acting than she got credit for because mm-hmm. uh, she was really sure. damn sexy yes she is she's yeah. damn sexy in that movie like and there's not i don't think there's very much like skin being shown no there's almost um, almost none that i can yeah, remember so she's she's all of it is like the way she acts and everything I, I, the scene that where she uh chases after that that woman with uh, the dress who came yeah. went, went out of the house <laughs> yeah that's where you like <laughs> 
really i that's where i was like really like okay i'm all in on this chick because yeah. she's like it's like you know because she's like you will never be you, you can never once again wear a dress from house woodcock or whatever yeah <laughs> fucking uh, chic by the yeah. way that's a stealth prequel to mr woodcock <laughs> yes yes it is the uh the napoleon dynamite <laughs> yes napoleon dynamite 2 <laughs> yeah what is his name uh john heater john heater i did actually tell i think it was dicer that i, I i'm more able to relate to bill the butcher than i am reynolds woodcock oh really his motivations make more sense to me i, I actually just watched two days ago for the only time ever videodrome oh, oh yeah. <laughs> yeah that movie is fucked up it's fucked up but it's exactly why i hate cronenberg yeah, like, well, I, the whole time i was watching that movie i was like this is what oh the tv's gonna breathe now oh he's gonna put the vcr tape into his stomach opening yeah yes. fucking cronenberg yeah he's obsessed with breasts <laughs> all you people up there in city hall yeah, city hall <laughs> you're fucking it up for the people that's in the streets 